Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Ah, what's up, wrestling fans? We are back. It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast coming at you with episode number 100. Finally. Oh, oh, oh. We've, been, we've been sitting on this one for a while. We did it. Hey, we did it. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. mate. Cheers. Cheers. I'll Cheers. toast to you. Ding. Cheers and some White Claws. <laughs> no laws no White laws Claws. when you're drinking the White Claws. <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to admit I'm having a White Claw right now. I it's refreshing. That, yeah, the reserve for Kyle's and Brad's and Chad's and those Ben's, type of guys. Brandon's. All right, I'll do it, I'll do it, whatever, whatever. All right, anyway, as I said, episode number 100, it's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. My name is Brandon Olinger, call me Brando. Join with me, as always, my man, your man, everybody's favorite fan man, Ben, the Law Watson. What up, what up, what up? What's up, my man? 100, man. Like, that's, I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Am I more, should I not be excited about it? Should it just be like another app? <laughs> I don't know. We should be excited about it. Let's be, let, you know what? I'm excited about this actual episode oh, in general. Yeah, I think this is this is one probably one of my favorite things that we've done. We'll get into it in a bit, but I, I'm pumped for this one. The episode that we put together for um, episode 100 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast is phenomenal. I mean, literally at times. If he does say so himself. No, no, no. Yeah, it had nothing to do with us. I'm kidding. There's like seriously, there were times when I laughed hard. To where I was belly laughing to where we had to move away from the mic, right? When you and I are looking at each other. Mm-hmm. And I have to point to you to ask the next question because I can't get a <laughs> word out. There's times where I teared up. You know, like like literally. Like a tear came to my eye when I was, was talking to some of these people. And, you know, t- talking about what the, these what these people have accomplished and their goals and what their sacrifices have been. It's amazing. Yeah. It really is. I mean, I literally laughed and I cried in this episode. And um, I think that that's pretty darn good. I think that, you know, I'm proud of this episode, not because what we did, but because of what we got to do. Exactly. No, exactly. I think you were spot on, nailed it, whatever you want to say. So anyway, before we get into what this episode is about, let's take care of a little business that I might have forgot how to do because it's been so long. But anyway, as I said, it's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. You can catch the podcast at all your favorite podcast locations. We're out there at Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. Google Play, Apple Podcasts. I don't know. There's other places. I just can't remember. Um, we got a Twitter. It's the Inside Trip one. That's right. Right? Uh, we, got a, we got an Instagram, the Inside Trip. Uh, Ben's got a uh, a, Facebook a Facebook page, page that he, he doesn't update because Granny Girdle won't stop DMing him. I posted, hey, the last <laughs> the last time we posted a podcast, I posted it on the Facebook page. Put something else out there, man. What do you want me to do? I don't know. Facebook's dumb. You're dumb. All right. And we also have uh, an email account. It's the inside trip one at gmail.com. So if you ever want to hit us up with some feedback, questions, comments, concerns, um, hate mail, love mail, love letters, 
Um, whatever you want, just go ahead and send it to to that email address. Yeah, absolutely, man. And rates and re- reviews. Ben, t- tell us about the rates and reviews. Rate us and review us. I haven't looked at recently, but I, I mean, I think I would think the, actually our last rate and review, I've already, I already brought it up on the podcast. But you know what? Rates and reviews make me feel good. If they're good, rates and reviews. <laughs> if they're bad, they, they make me feel bad. So, you know, let, let me know either how good or how bad we're doing. It's good for our self-esteem. Yeah, man. Good for Ben's ego. So, so anyway, um, episode 100. So one of, I think, uh, one of Ben and I's, I think favorite things about doing this podcast is we've been very fortunate enough to get to talk to some some amazing athletes. Um, and I think one of the things that we hold most near and dear to our heart is the fact that we've got to have a lot of fantastic, fantastic wrestlers from our women's senior, I guess, senior circuit, right? Yeah, senior, senior real team, circuit. Senior, yeah. senior circuit, uh, come on this podcast. Um, we love doing the Women of the Mat series that we uh, were able to kind of put together in conjunction with Catherine Shy, who um, helped us, you know, in, in a little bit of a collaboration with with her side project LuchaFit, and also with Wrestle Like a Girl. Um, we're huge supporters of all of that, and so we thought, what better way than to do a an episode 100 than be able to highlight some of our amazing women who are getting ready to compete next month at the 2019 World Championships, and that's basically what we. Did. Did. We were able to get a handful of them that had some time in their schedule to come on and actually talk to us. And um, we're going to bring to you what I would consider, what I think, four very, 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 very amazing athletes world and, class. and special interviews, man. I thought they were great. World-class people, world-class interviews, world-class athletes. I'm, I'm telling you right now, for everybody out there, and, and, and I don't even need to say this now because – People are starting to come around. Women's wrestling has just grown by leaps and bounds, and it is so enjoyable to watch now and to learn the faces. Like, I mean, some of the people that we had, I'm like, like, let's, you know, I hate, I'm not just singling out one person, but Tamir Menza, Tamir Menza Stock, excuse me, she is just got the most infectious personality of any person I've ever met. I could just sit there and listen to her talk for hours about <laughs> not even just wrestling. You know, and, um, you know, to to follow these people and to kind of just be this small part of their fan base. And and, and, and uh, it's just, it's really been amazing. And it really you kind of you start to personally root for these people because of how much we followed them. So it's it's just been amazing. And before we start, you know, before we uh, before we shut our traps and stop talking and let people listen to the interviews that we, we did. You know, Ben, when you look at this year's women's world team, I think that. Um, I think that this year's team has the chance to be something special, and that's even without, you know, one of the all-time great, you know, female wrestlers in our country's history, Helen Maroulis. I mean, when you look at this, you've got at 50 kilograms, Whitney Condor. You've got at 53, Sarah Hildebrandt, who, who's already won medals. Silver medals. Um, you know, you got Jakara Winchester at 55. She, you're actually going to get to hear her talk. She's a part of this episode who took fifth place last year at her first trip out to the World what Championships. What was she, like a couple seconds away from being in the finals? She, she, she was. Yes, she legitimately was. You know, 57 kilograms. You've got Jenna Burkett, who is just, um, in, my, in my opinion, one of the most amazing personalities, just like Tamir, that you're going to find um, in the wrestling community. And she herself, you know, 
last year representing the team, um, getting called into penchant at the last second, basically a week out, as you, you will hear her talk about, you know, goes out there and she almost almost wins that first match and who knows what would have happened after that you know you've got Allie Reagan she's you know very very accomplished she's won medals Kayla Miracle the, the, the prodigy who everybody's just they're just Kayla waiting. Miracle going to win it this year they're just waiting for her to blow up she's just this is her first real team I'm going I'm going I'm going crazy and calling a crazy pick she's winning it Forrest Molinari who I'm quite positive uh, a 65 kilogram Forrest Molinari she uh, will shank you if you look at her the wrong way in a dark alley in Iowa City, I'm, I, I truly believe that. No, and I and I feel like she just took that as a compliment. She should take it as a compliment. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. I true. I meant this as a compliment. Uh, you know, we talk about Tamira Menzestock at 68 kilograms. I mean, three-time Eurigan champ, uh, world bronze medalist last year. Victoria Francis, who's making her return back to the world stage after having to sit a year out from competition. And then, of course, one of the you know one of the other all-time greats uh, who's been just a staple in this country on our women's. Um, on our women's teams, you know, Adeline Gray coming, you know, again, back at it again, you know, looking to bring home another gold medal. Dude, that's a team. I think it's a team, Ben. That's I, a squad. Exactly. That's a squad. That's a squad that's going to bring home some medals. I'm not going to we'll, – we'll do a separate podcast where we kind of do our predictions, but that's a squad right there that's going to bring home some medals. Where do you – you know, Ben, speaking of that, in regards to this team – how do you think this year's team stacks up against the Chinas and the Japans? You know, do we have a chance? Is this, is this the year that, that they can overtake them, or are we still a little bit – do we still have a little bit of work to do? You know what? Yes, we can overtake them. We can overtake them. I'm not – there's no negativity on this podcast for me this, this week. Yeah, we can. And what's it going to take? Oh, it's going to take a lot of medals, man. A lot of medals. It's going to take people wrestling. It's going to take the women that we had on this podcast wrestling their best. But I tell you what, based on what we've had, based on the conversations we've had, it sounds like they're sounds like they're ready to do it. They do. They honestly, they 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 all seem extremely confident and ready to go battle. Um, I love some of the answers they gave when we when we get onto those subjects as well. Um, I I don't know, man. You ready? But first, but first, episode one hundred, man. We've been sitting on this 100 for I don't know how long. Even even our boys are busting our butts about. <laughs> you guys been sitting at 99 for how long? Yeah, I know. You're like you gave up and took a. Hey, we took a sabbatical. <laughs> um, Podcasting's hard, dude. Recovery, recovery is so important, mentally I, and physically. Yeah, I had to get on the in the in the cold tub. You know, I had to make sure I got my I carbo loaded. Um, <laughs> I'm just very, um, just very happy to have been able to do 100 episodes with you, man. Um, when we first started out doing this thing, I had no clue where it was going to go. I had no clue whether or not we would be good at it. I still don't know whether we're good at it or not, but we're not. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, I think that I enjoy doing it. People enjoy listening to it, um, and I, and I don't mean that in any sort of cocky way at all. I think that you know other wrestling fans just kind of enjoy it, and we've we've met so many great people through this. We literally are so lucky because the purpose of why we started this thing has happened. The, the the genesis of this podcast was to meet other like-minded people to talk wrestling with, and we've done that in spades. We've had – we've met so many great people throughout the way, um, and I'm just uh, extremely happy that we've done this, and uh, I hope we can do 100 more. I hope so too, man. I really do, and I'm I'm pumped that you're super thrilled about this and so positive. I don't want us to get too carried away, so so I I guess I can be the one that self defecates on us, or I mean deprecate. I know I'm kidding. That was that was that was intentional. Um, (laughs) I know. No, dude, you're you're absolutely right. I think that 
the greatest thing about this podcast has been everyone that we've gotten to meet. We've been so fortunate enough to, to meet great people, make good friends, make new friends, um, and then also get to get to know and talk to some amazing athletes and, and, and people, uh, pioneers of the wrestling community. I love it. Yeah, this, this podcast is, has been uh, – it's been better than I could ever have even expected. Agreed. So as I alluded to earlier, one of our favorite things that we've done since since doing this podcast is um, kind of uh, doing this Women of the Mat series where we were able to feature um – uh, you know, different women athletes, different women wrestlers who, um, who you know, we wanted to kind of bring their stories to to our listeners. And again, what better way to you know to do, to do a special episode like 100 than bringing four of our you know greatest women wrestlers in the country right now um, for you guys for special episode number 100 to listen to them talk about what they're doing as they get ready to head off next month to wrestle at the 2019 World Championships. So we hope you enjoy it. First up on the agenda is Victoria Francis, 72-kilogram rep for us. Here you go, folks. All right, joining us now is Victoria Francis, 72-kilogram rep on our women's freestyle real team that's set to compete next month. Victoria, thanks for joining us. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful, and thanks for having me on. No, no, thank you. Uh, we're glad you could find the time uh, in your busy schedule right now to join us um, this is episode 100 for us. We are trying to do something um, a little special. I think, as I told you before, um, we've got a, a, some some guests lined up for our women's freestyle world team. Um, just kind of devote this episode to you guys, and then you know, as you get ready to compete next month, and we all get ready to watch. So thanks again. So it's not a problem. It's 2019. Uh, you are back on the world team uh, for the first time since 2017. How does it feel to be back? It feels great. Um, last year was just, it was rough to take a step back and have to watch everybody else compete and get ready for Worlds. And it feels great to be back and back around the team and all the girls. Okay, Victoria. So I, I, I read that you guys are out at camp right now. Yeah. What's, what, what goes into a uh, like typical camp about uh, a month out before Worlds? Uh, so we're kind of at a high-intensity but kind of slightly lower volume. We haven't really started our caper yet. So uh, like Monday, we were on the mat two times. And also Tuesday, we were on the mat two times with a lift thrown in in the morning. Um, but they're shorter practices. You know, we keep it to an hour and a half, you know, in and out, getting it done. And then like today, we have the whole day off, you know, go get your recovery, go, you know, go see sports med, take care of what you need. So, you know, when we are on the mat, we're hitting it, we're going intense, but uh, it's, well-regulated volume. So when you look at the team dynamics right now, I think we've got a, I think, I think we have what could be a special team this year, but when you look at the team dynamics, what do you say, what do you think that your role is on this team? Uh, man, that's actually been kind of difficult for me just because um, looking at the team, you know, just yesterday I was like, man, most of the girls were on the team last year and the year before and the year before. And even the girls who weren't, you know, uh, they've been right there. So I always um, kind of get a little bit of imposter syndrome, but I'm still trying to be a leader. I try to bring a good energy to the room. And obviously when we get to Worlds, I'm going to, you know, put my best foot forward and try to score as many team points as I can for the team. I truly believe I can bring home a medal, but even if I can't, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to help bring the team home that team title. You know, you mentioned about a lot of the girls on the team this year, you know, were on the team last year. Um, obviously mm -hmm. you were not. 
Um, you, you know, you were forced to take some competitive time off in 2018, early 2019. Mm-hmm. How did you stay focused and motivated to keep working out and working towards your goals during that time? Yeah. Um, just knowing that I only had a year off, you know, was very helpful. You know, originally what they give you is a four-year sanction until you fight fight it off and prove that, you know, you weren't guilty of what they're accusing you of. So um, knowing that I only had one year off and that I can make a comeback easily, um, you know, really helped me stay motivated. I did what I could to, you know, stay in the community. I was always watching a live stream if possible. Um, you know, I would try to go watch wrestling just in the community, just, you know, try and stay motivated and staying in it, not, you know, just hiding in a hole for a year. I got you. So, you know, because you kind of made the comment about having to only, you know, take a year off and, you know, being accused of something and having to fight for it. For those mm-hmm. of our listeners that don't know, I mean, you were forced to take a basically a one year time off from competing for an anti-doping violation, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, it turned out that I had taken a supplement that had an illegal banned substance in it. I took it not knowing that had happened. So when I had drug uh, test come back positive, I had to have my supplement send in to uh, test everything to figure out where this came from because obviously I wasn't taking it. Never even heard of it until I got this drug test back. Um, and then just kind of going back and forth, you saw to trying to determine how much fault I'm at because uh, you saw to believe even if you're taking a supplement, you're putting yourself at risk for that contamination. So they're still going to give you a sanction. So that's what happened last year. Yeah, and you know what? That makes so much sense, and I actually appreciate you kind of giving that perspective to us because it's so easy for for people to sit back as fans of any sport and see things happen like this all the time in, in, mm-hmm. in numerous sports, and it's so easy to pass judgment onto someone when you have to you have to stop and think. No, these athletes are taking supplements, and let's face it, supplements yeah. are not really regulated by the FDA. So who knows what is really mm-hmm. in them that's not published on the bottle? Definitely. Yeah, it's been really frustrating. I mean, thankfully, I didn't get a lot of media attention, you know, being a female wrestler about it. So there wasn't a lot of backlash and trolling um, from, you know, just the community. But uh, I did, there was an article posted recently, and I got some backlash people saying that I'm lying and that I I just need to fess up and that's just karma and I really deserved it. And I was like, y'all don't really know me. You don't know the situation. Like, I bet you didn't even read this article because that's not even close to what happened. So it is kind of frustrating to be the athlete in the situation. Um, And I always try to help uh, other people who, you know, see other situations like, hey, you know, that probably is just a tainted supplement. Like they might not be actually guilty of doing something on purpose. So, yeah, it's kind of frustrating to be in that seat. Now, you know damn well nobody reads articles these days. They just read Facebook headlines. <laughs> all right? We read Facebook headlines Facebook and we headline. cast That's judgment. all they need. <laughs> so, so kind of speaking of that uh, – do you think that you know, t- having to take that year off kind of helped you mentally or physically or gave you a little more hunger or fire to do it, you know, to set up, do, I guess, uh, complete the goals that you have set out for you? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, it was two steps back and three steps forward. I feel like this year, like it really, it was not a pleasant situation to be in this year. Um, on top of it, you know, I moved out to Maryland, so I was kind of, in a new area. I didn't have a lot of connections out there, whether family, friends, wrestling community, just kind of just thrown out there. So all of it together was really hard, but it also, um, my biggest takeaway this year was really learning how to, um, take control over my own training. Like, um, like I said, you know, I 
my training was kind of taking a back seat, but also when it was time to train, like it was up to me to find what I needed in my area, um, set up, you know, Oh, I'm not on national team, but you know, I'm going to go to national team camp when I'm cleared to go, you know, I'm, uh, just doing what I can. So it really helped me, um, become more responsible as an athlete in that perspective. Um, and also, I mean, it just, yeah, it gave me such a hunger this year, like, knowing that um, the world team last year was kind of taken away from me from the cruddy situation um, and just really drove me to go after it this year for sure. All right. Well, well enough of talking about, you know, kind of the, the bad stuff or the stuff in the past. Uh, the past. So, yeah. yeah, the past, exactly. So you, you, made, you made the world team in 2017, but, but you didn't come home with a medal. How is the mm-hmm. 2019 version of you different from the 2017 version, both mentally and physically? Um, mentally, I, I have much more confidence in myself and belief in myself. And I think that came a bit from watching last year's, you know, I, um, I watched the stream and the one thing that really drove it home to me was watching Tamara Mensa win a medal. And I was like, you know, what? I'm in her shoes. I'm about her age. You know, we went through the same, you know, process of growing up, you know, and she's bringing home medals. Like I can do it too. Like just, you know, you have to see it to believe that you can do it yourself. So, um, this year I really have a full confidence um, going in that I can bring home a medal myself um, mentally. And then physically, I feel like um, I have better tactics coming into this year. I feel more confident in my um, attacks and just my style of wrestling and forcing it upon other people. So I'm really ready to put those tactics to use at Worlds this year. So talk to us. I want to know from you, you know, how, what it was like, your final X experience, basically. So you had to wrestle Olivia Fisk, I believe, in final X. Um, mm-hmm. For those that don't know or forgot or wasn't paying attention, I believe you wrestled her at the U.S. Open finals and actually lost to her in a close match, correct? Correct. Yeah, and this, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, the U.S. Open was actually your first competition back from your from your one year off. Is that right? Yes, that's so, correct. So you go out there, you got a match with Olivia Fisk at Final X. I know she was looking to become, I think, if I'm not mistaken, she was looking to become the first person, regardless of style, to become uh, make the world team at the junior level, the U23 level, and also the senior level. So she had already made it for junior and U23s. The senior level mm-hmm. was her final, uh, her final attempt to kind of complete that, the Triple Crown, more or less. Um, she's got to wrestle mm-hmm. you again. So talk to us about that, that experience and, and what the difference was between the U.S. Open Finals and then Final X. Yeah, so first, like you said, going to U.S. Open, that was my first tournament back. Um, definitely working on some bugs, um, just kind of getting those first competition jitters out. You know, like my first match, I gave up the first takedown against a high school girl, which I think she's a great wrestler, but, like, I should not have done that at all. So it was just a, kind of a rough tournament just because first one back in a year. Um, my match against Olivia there, I felt like, I was really hanging a lot. I wasn't attacking, kind of waiting to see what she was going to do. And also, I mean, she was, you know, she knew my number one attack and was able to defend it. Um, she knew she had a game plan. So um, after that, uh, went down to live to train with my coaches, Ashley Sword and Christian Slavin, um, to clean up those things and um, really dial it in. So when I went to World King Trials and Final X, I felt um, like I was attacking more. Um, wasn't waiting on the other person. I was forcing my style, my attacks upon them. Um, I feel like I really felt that come out against Olivia, um, you know, scoring on her multiple different ways. Um, so that is the big difference, I think, um, 
going into that. And also just, you know, now that I have two more competitions under my belt, uh, gave me a lot more confidence going into Final X. Did you like the Final X experience? I did. I loved it. I will say, though, uh, I was first session and, uh, you know, going into this, I did a lot of imagery and trying to just prep myself. And I was just imagining, you know, a lot of loud sound with a lot of people, a lot of flashing. And then I do my walkout to my first match and I realized that like half the stands are empty because it's first session and not a lot of people came to that part. So I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm prepared for that, too. So um, that was a little bit of a bummer just to be part of first session, but it was still electric. It was um really cool to just be on a stage again Rutgers did an amazing job hosting final x um just overall i really enjoyed the event i love the press conference you know the press afterwards i just i ate it up loved it okay so i guess you know after you after you won final x obviously there's a there's a decent amount of time between um you know making the world team and even this camp what do you do to continue to, I guess, remain prepared? I mean, I'm sure you take a couple of days off, celebrate. What do you do after that? Yeah, so I think I took like a week off the mat just to, you know, give my body some time to recover, get my mind some time to recover and just be a human being for a week. Um, I made the decision before even Final X, you know, just uh, assuming that I was going to make the world to go to Canada Cup. Um, not a lot of world team members went to that. To be, I don't think any other world team member went to compete to that from the USA. Um, but I just knew I needed another competition under my belt um, internationally. Um, so I, I did that, did that camp. Um, I've also went to Japan for the national team camp. I went to Poland, did the Poland Open, got another really good competition under my belt and had camps. So I've been um, traveling a lot this summer, which has been kind of hard mentally, um, just being away from my husband and home. But um, it's been really good for my wrestling. I think it's been crucial for my preparation. So when I watch you wrestle, I really see like a tough, hard-nosed, in-your-style face of wrestling. You tell you tell me if I'm wrong, but that's what I see. And if that's the case, where does the style come from? That is accurate. <laughs> Love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I think it comes. I mean, I'm come from Illinois. Uh, I wrestled on the guys' team. I've always had them in tough. Um, I just feel like I have a really good endurance, also, but I'm not. You know, no one's going to call me the fastest wrestler by any means. So I'm not going to be someone who's out at distance faking people and getting them, you know, moving from there. I'm going to have to move them with my hands. Um, You're not shooting. And that's low how singles. I like to be. No, I'm not low <laughs> singling you. No, 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 for sure. Um, I'll blast W, but there we go. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, I've got shots, obviously, but they're just more off of my ties, and that's just how my style is developed. And I, I really like that. I really like grinding people, um, grinding them until they're tired, and then firing off my attacks and beating the shit out of people in front headlocks yeah well of course of course yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> who doesn't love a good cow catcher right mm. what's funny is like a lot of people are like oh that cow catcher and like for me i've always called it an iowa um <laughs> just from where we grew up so like at first i was like wait what's a cow catcher <laughs> and i'm like right. oh that thing okay okay gotcha I truly think there's probably like three to five names for that move, right? Sure. There has to be. There is, for sure. So it, you brought up Ashley and Christian. Um, I didn't realize you, those were your training partners. Are those – you train with them yeah. frequently? Yeah. So um, not full-time just because they are in Georgia, and I live in Maryland. Um, but I met them last summer and uh, just really hit it off with them. Well, mostly Ash and Ashley. Christian was having a bad day when I first met him, so it was a little <laughs> – rough start with him but uh, he knows he knows that was a rough start um 
but yeah, I really just loved how um, they taught and like their dyna- dynamic is just great for me. And I eat it up. Like, um, so I've been there down there a couple times to train with them at Georgia. And then the week leading up to final X Christian came up and was in the room with me, um, just making sure we're all on the same page and things were cleaning up and tightening up. And then Ashley met us at final X. Um, she just had a coaches conference or something. So, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed training with them. I love their style of coaching. Um, and I can't wait to, I unfortunately haven't been with them this much this summer just because I've been traveling so much, but, um, really look forward to cleaning some stuff up and improving for next year with them. I just think that's awesome. I was fortunate enough to meet them this past year at the uh, Women's College Wrestling Championships. I think the, you know they, mm-hmm. host, they hosted it down there uh, for Life University yep. in Atlanta, and it was just mm-hmm. it was such a great experience. And they they really went out of their way to to put on a good show, run a good tournament, and make sure that those of us that were there were were well, well taken care yeah. of. So great people all around. Absolutely. So who are you who are you currently battling with in the room right now? Kind of training, leading up to the worlds. Um, so let's see here. We've, we've been on the mat for four times. Um, I've been working with Nahila McGee with WCAP, Precious Bell. She was school at Menlo. Um, let's see here. Justina DeSasio is actually in town. She's from Canada. I got to work with her yesterday. Um, yesterday we got to do a lot of um, mixing of partners during the combat practice. So I got a hold of Tamara Mensa. I got to wrestle with Macy Kilty, Julia Salada. Um, who else? Uh, Deja Slater like I'm getting there's a lot of heavies in the room and it's amazing so I'm getting a lot of people good feels from everybody all right I gotta know because you guys are both fun to watch individually how do the battles go between you and Tamira I was gonna ask that why well, ask right. oh um so she let's see is a two-minute go uh she got a shot off pretty quickly got a takedown no turn and then no she went for another shot. I defended it. We started coming up. She reshot, defended that one. So she w- she won the go uh, 2-0. But you were, which, about, you were about to um, get her, though, right, if it would have been three minutes? Uh, of course, of course, of course, yeah. She's really hard for me to wrestle because she hates tying up and loves shooting from space, and I know I have to have hands on her. So uh, it's always a battle of me trying to close the distance and her creating distance. So it's, I feel like it's probably interesting to watch. So basically what you're saying is she's, like, just passive the entire time. Absolutely not. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. She's, uh, man, if, if I would let her have that space, she'd be firing shots left and right. For sure. Love wrestling her. So who, do you guys get to choose someone to take uh, to, to, the, to the championships with you as a training partner? Yes, so um, who, well... Sort of. So we each got a training partner we got to pick. I um, ended up going with Precious Bell. Um, I did try getting Olivia, but like you said, she's on junior world team and U23, right. so she's missing a ton of school regardless. So um, I got Precious, um, but the only stipulation was we had to pick someone who was under 23. Um, we have funding earmarked to help the U20 or, you know, our developmental programs. Okay. So. Um, that's coming from that. But, yeah, we all got training partners this year, which is different from when I was on 17. We didn't get any training partners, which was really difficult, especially for me being the heavyweight. You know, it's kind of like me and Mensa. Right. Me and Mensa wrestle, right. you know, every day. And then if she's tired, uh, I guess I'm grabbing Terry or Emma, you know. So it's really fortunate that we get to bring these training partners with us this year. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm glad to hear that you guys are finally getting to be able to do that. And, and honestly, I got to see Precious Bell wrestle this past year for uh, Menlo, and she is a physical specimen if there ever was one. So she you can't go wrong with that. definitely is. Yeah. I, I love wrestling her. Well, love, hate, you know. Right. It's a little frustrating. But, um, yeah, she brings out the best in me for sure. All right. So we're kind of getting down to the end of it, but we got a couple more questions for you. First, first, what's it going to take for you to get on the podium next month? Um, I need to execute my style and stick with it, and I need to keep the uh, score close, you know, making sure they're not firing off shots before I can wear them out. Okay, okay. So everybody knows that for women's wrestling, you know, Japan is kind of the, you know, the top dog of, of, of women's freestyle wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. last year, I believe our women's team t- finished third, I think behind Japan and China. I could be wrong, but I think that's what it was going off memory. That sounds right. What's it going to take? Because it seems like every year the U S women's team just keeps getting better and better. The talent pool, pool keeps getting larger and larger. Um, we've, we're, you know, we're winning at the, the youth levels, the cadet, the junior, the U 23s, things like that. What's it going to take mm-hmm. for the USA to close that gap and finally, you know, threaten Japan for the top spot? I think we need to stop wrestling the singlet. I think sometimes uh, when we go out there, we're giving away two or four points to Japan just because they have Japan on their singlet. I think we need to have confidence that we're also a force to be reckoned with and that they need to be fearing us also. Um, I think we're right there. I think we're ready to take on Japan and threaten them for that team title. I think we just have to believe in ourselves. Whew. That answer kind of gets me fired up. I know. She's not the first to say eh. that, though. She is not the first one to say that. I like it. I agree. I think it's the truth yeah. because you can't you can't dispute the talent that the USA has on the women's circuit. I mean, you cannot dispute that. So it's got to be something. We've done it. We've done it. We've disputed it? No. Well, we've disputed it. We've, we've had champs. I mean, plenty of champs. I think that was such a great answer. And like Ben said, I, 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 that gives me goosebumps. I mean, because you're absolutely correct. All right. A couple of final questions, you know, before we take up too much of your time. You've you've historically been outspoken about the coverage of women's wrestling. Um, I'm curious yeah. to know kind of, you know, what are your thoughts on the state, today's state of the coverage of women's wrestling, the growth of it, but what else also needs to happen? Um, so I appreciate that I've seen more proportional coverage from different um, media outlets, like, for instance, when I look at the open mat and track wrestling, I'm seeing something pretty proportional. I'm obviously not running, you know, direct stats on them, um, whether it's proportional or not. But sometimes when I see other media outlets, I'm not going to name any names, it's clearly not proportional. And it just gets me fired up because it's like women's wrestling and Greco are just as entertaining as men's freestyle. It just needs promoted properly. And it's kind of scary because, um, these media outlets, yes, they're private companies. You know, they have their own interests, you know, their own budgets they have to make, et cetera. But the future of our sport kind of falls in their hands a bit. You know, if other girls aren't, you know, little girls aren't seeing women wrestling and the success of it and that they can be popular and um, flashy, you know, like they're not going to see as much interest. Um, so it's kind of frustrating. But I am seeing more proportional coverage which gets me stoked, but um, I'm going to keep fighting until I see something very, very proportional. 
I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, I'm super happy that you uh, shouted out the open mat there. Um, I love my boy Earl Smith, editor of the open mat. He's doing great things. Yeah, he yeah. speaks very highly of you. Um, I try to cover some of the yeah. college wrestling for them, uh, for women's, you know, during the college season. I know it's mm-hmm. very near and dear to Earl's heart. He wants to always figure yeah. out what we can do more for women's work. wrestling. Yeah. So I appreciate that. And I, and I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, it's nice to see progress, but as always, we could always be doing more. So. Mm-hmm. Always. All right. So that's it from us. Do you have any, uh, any final thoughts, statements, anybody you want to shout out, anything you want to say before we, before we let you back to your normal mm-hmm. activities? I'm just going to remind everybody to go out and watch us. I uh, hope everybody's tuning in. I know it's going to be an early morning since we'll be in Asia, but uh, it'd be great to hear that people are watching us as we compete at Worlds. For sure. I know Ben and I will be watching you guys. Looking very much forward to it. Looking for big things mm-hmm. out of the, the women's team this year. Um, again, Victoria, Absolutely. thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for t- you know answering some questions for us, and we wish you the best of luck and hope to see you on that podium in September. Thank you. Appreciate your support, y'all. That was our 72-kilogram representative, Victoria Francis. Up next is 55-kilogram representative, Jakar Winchester. All right, so our next guest for this special episode number 100 is Jakar Winchester, 55-kilogram rep on our women's world team set to compete in September at the World Championships. Jakar, thank you so much for taking time to join us. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Um, been looking forward to this for all day, uh, for so long, actually, but all day because we just kind of connected today. Um, so, yeah, how you been? Uh, I've been good. I'm really excited to do this because for some reason, nobody really asked me for So I was excited about this, and I heard that Tamara was on here, and she uh, told me that you guys were going to get in contact with me. So I just been waiting, super excited. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, listen, um, we are, I think you're on a cell phone. So just check your reception. Um, you sounded just a little bit sketchy there, but not too much. Okay. My reception sounds like I have like all there. And my wife, I like all the way up. There we go. <laughs> all right. So you are back on the world team right now. It's the second year in a row. What does it mean to you to represent the United States on the biggest stage there is? Um, it's it means a lot to me because you know, I never I'm not like one of those people who wrestled since they were like seven years old and always dreamed about the Olympics. You know, like I uh, actually the first Olympics I've ever watched was 2012, and so it's still kind of new to me. I started wrestling when I was in high school, so I've only been wrestling for maybe like. 10 years or so so I never thought I'd make it to this part of the state so this is it means a lot to me and it just shows me how far I've grown as a person uh so you're from California right originally yes I am did you did you pick up wrestling pretty quickly in high school um yeah actually so I used to do cross country and um I didn't like running so I stopped doing that and I was looking for another sport (laughs) And I'm from Oakland, California, and it's not really, like, the best place, but I'm just going to say I like to fight. And I used to get in trouble a lot and suspended, so I joined wrestling because you get to beat people up and get glorified for it. So That makes sense. Actually, you, you kind of hear that for a lot from a lot of people that get into wrestling, and, and it does make a lot of sense. I can't believe that you're not asked a lot to do interviews. I mean, that does strike me as a bit odd, considering the fact that um, – you kind of 
in my opinion, you kind of came out of nowhere last year making that first real team um, shocking uh, the wrestling community when you went out and you you, you really dominated a gold or a bronze medalist in Be- Becca That's Leathers. Crazy. I thought it was crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised you don't get yeah. to do a lot of interviews. Um, a lot of people, so everybody's like asked me after that. They're like, oh, wow, did you just start wrestling? Like, is this your first year on the senior circuit? I'm like, yeah, actually, I'm pretty old. I mean, like, I'm not old, old, but I'm, like, 26 years old. I've been on the national team for, like, four to five years, but I was always number three. So nobody, like, and in my weight class, I've always wrestled 55, and there was Helen, Sarah, and me. So it's always, like, if the two ahead of you are so much better you never really pay attention to the third person, you know? So I just had a really, really stiff competition in my weight class. And when I finally uh, got the opportunity, like got my training together and stuff, it just all showed at Final X. And then that's when everybody really noticed who I was. That's a hell of a group to be a part of. I mean, Helen, Sarah, yeah. and you. And look, I mean, Helen, we all know who Helen Marulis is. I mean, winning the gold medal, said it, you know, making history there. Uh, Sarah's done nothing but just, you know, be one of the best wrestlers in the world the last few years. Um, and then you're, mm-hmm. you know, sitting behind them. I think that's to put that into perspective. I mean, from a, people that follow men's wrestling, that's like some, some Russia stuff right there where you've got two amazing guys yeah. in front of you yet. The third person is just every bit of capable as competing for a world medal. Yeah, it was so rough because Helen was always like, leads her hot about, you know, I'm sure that I always go back and forth. So like, it was literally, I'd beat her, and then the next time that she beat me, literally back and forth each time. But Helen was always, like, three steps, four steps ahead of us, you know, because she had that training. We were all, we, Sarah and I were still in college, so we didn't, weren't getting the training that we needed. But, you know, I am thankful for that opportunity. I feel like everything happens for a reason because everything's coming together now at the perfect time. So are you guys, you guys, from my understanding, are at the uh, world team camp right now, right? Yes. So what's going on? Give me kind of your day-to-day so far. What, what have you guys been doing to prepare? Uh, we have a lot of stuff to do. It's like it's way more busy than usual camps. Like we usually have two-a-days and then recovery and stuff. But we've been uh, – we'll have our practice and then we'll have meetings in between, which I really don't like because my recovery is important to me, and I feel like that's just stuff that's taking away from my recovery. But it's just like the – business part of stuff you know like safe sport training and all that other stuff um and then we have another practice and then we have to like sit our lips in so it's a lot a lot of chaos right now we're only on the this is the third day we started monday so monday and tuesday were hectic a lot of mat practice a lot of meetings and today was just off which is nice i used that time to get my nails done and start looking fabulous for world and then so then tomorrow it starts back over. We got ten days of all of this chaos. Wow. You know, you talked you made a comment a second ago about how important your recovery is to you and you know, I'll be honest, Jakar, like prior to last year, I just I didn't know much about you and then after you went out there and you won that spot, I was like, mm, let's find out who this girl is. And if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, you had a pretty serious knee injury, I think, two thousand fifteen, is that right? Yes, I did. Right before Olympic year, I did. Right. It was, uh, I had just moved to Olympic Training Center to start my Olympic journey, as I thought. And we were playing a soccer game, and some girl shoved me. She was like some, 
she was on a rugby national team and she was trying out wrestling and she showed me, I tore my ACL and meniscus and like just blew my knee out. And, uh, so that was the first week of being there. So the doctors told me, well, if you get surgery today and you do rehab twice, uh, twice a day, you'll be ready for Olympic trials and stuff like that. So I did, and I was not ready. It's not that they lied to me. It just didn't work out the way they planned. You know, right. they give you best-case scenario. And I was like, God, But it was a good experience. If I had to do it again, I would, minus the pain part, because it helped me rebuild myself as a person. It definitely showed me that uh, 2020, 2024 is not promised to anybody. You can make the plan to go to the World States. You can make the plan to go to World Championships. But if you don't take care of your body, you're not going anywhere. I, I mean, I think that's spot on, and you couldn't have said it any better. And I think if there's two things we can take from this conversation, it's one, listeners, don't let your kids play soccer. It's dangerous. And two, never trust a woman that plays rugby. I mean, you can't trust anybody that plays rugby. I've been saying this for years. I don't trust them. I don't trust them. No, I'm Which just Which is funny because I never, like, carry our coach and stuff. Everybody likes to play games for the warm-up. They're like, I want you to call my team. She's super athletic. And I'm like, absolutely not. After that, I refuse. I will hop on the bike before I do anything. I'm like, I'm not doing that. And every little thing, uh, I can't do it. I don't play games. No, I don't. I, and I don't blame you at all. Um, so I think you get, I'll say, you know, all joking aside, you gave us some perspective there. And I think it, it, it really makes sense to see how you've progressed the last few years. I mean, I think it's extremely safe to say that you've made big improvements over the last couple of years, at least from a results perspective. Um, I said it earlier, you know, you shocked a lot of people in the wrestling community when you beat Becca Leathers, who had previously won a bronze medal at the Worlds. Um, you proved it was no fl- fluke. You went out to the 2018 World Championships. You took a fifth place. Um and then, obviously, you followed that up, making the team this year. What, mm-hmm. Besides what you learned f- as far as recovery from your injury, what do you attribute this, this jump in levels, this improvement, this recent success that, you, that you've shown? Um, I would have to give the majority of the credit to Clarissa Chad because um, she absolutely just helped me realize my talent like before I'd work out with her and Sammy Henson like I'd go down to Columbia and we'd get some workouts in together and they used to always tell me how good I was but I didn't believe them I was like yeah okay you guys just want to work out for now but I started seeing it and then Clarissa when she stopped competing she would do like one-on-one practices with me and you know you get to wrestle with Clarissa Chan she's such a good partner she's like 30, 20 pounds lighter than me. And she's like dragging me across the mat, you know? And I'm like, wow, that is amazing. I got to learn from this. So just working with her and I, that's like me making the world team, me winning the U.S. Open. I think the reason why I have so much more success now is from my um, semis final match at world championship because I lost, uh, I think two to one or something like that. And I, it was like the last to Russia, right? 15, 10 seconds. It was, I think it was Belarus because oh, I had okay. beat this girl before. Yeah. And um, so I got a takedown in the last 10 seconds or whatever. And they said, they gave me two points for it. And then we protested it for like three minutes and then they overturned the call, and, which is weird because I see the same thing happen and everybody still gets two for it. But I'm glad that happened because it showed me, like, as much as I want to say, like, 
those are my points. I should have went to the finals. Like, I am such a so much of a better wrestler than that. I could have won that match four minutes ago. You know, I wasn't wrestling like I should, and that helped me realize that I can't wait. I need to go and get my best each time. So now that's what I've been doing. And from my performances from, like, Schultz and the U.S. Open and Final X, I just check people now because I know that I need to go. You know, like, I'm not going to wait for the perfect opportunity. If I'm on my offense, then most likely I'm going to get the tech, I'm going to get the score. Even if I'm up four points ahead of them, it's a whole different match because it's easier to wrestle when you're ahead than trying to come back, you know? Yeah, I think that's I think that's an amazing perspective to have. You you lose a match to make the finals of the worlds during your you know, your first world team experience and instead of sulking in that, you take that and uh make you know, and it makes you a better wrestler. So speaking mm-hmm. of that, what's the difference between Jakar Winchester from two thousand seventeen or excuse me, two thousand eighteen worlds to two thousand nineteen worlds? Uh, both mentally and physically? Um, Mentally, I'm just a completely different person now. I feel like everything is on me. You know, I'm not going to leave anything to the ref. I I trust my training, and I know that I have put in the time. I know that I've put in the work. Like, for instance, for this national team camp and every practice, we have a practice layout. But if I don't feel like that's what I need to work on, I take it upon myself to get what I need in. Like, this is just a layout, a structure of what they want practice to be. But I know myself, you have to know yourself better than the coach, you know? Like, the coach can only tell you what to do. You have to fill it, you know? So I make sure that I know what I'm doing. I know that I have prepared mentally, physically. And I got a good diet. I got a good lifting plan. I do the same thing with my lifting coach. Like, he'll give us what he wants us to do. I'm like, hey, you know, I am plenty strong. I'm like the strongest person in my weight class. I'm like, everybody says I can pick Tamara up in a double A, you know, like I don't need to be working on strength right now. I need more agility because I can be as strong as I want, but if I don't move my feet, I'm not going to be able to do anything. So I think just knowing what you need to do personally and taking it upon yourself to make sure you're doing it, like getting your recovery and getting your meals in because you before I was kind of like the victim, you know, like I was like, Oh, the ref didn't call this. I can't believe that. And it would take me out of the match. But now that I don't focus on that and I just focus on wrestling, it's so much easier. So much. Okay. So, so mentally you sound like you're in an amazing place. What about, what about physically? How's your wrestling, you know, how's your wrestling feeling? What's the difference between last year and this year that's going to get you over the hump to to get to the finals and win that gold? Um, I think wrestling-wise, I was too reactive. Like, somebody faked me. I was like, ah, sprawl, jump up, run, like, do all of this stuff. When, like, now I'm like, all right, well, I know, like, I understand wrestling a lot better. If you're faking on me, the reason that you're faking is probably because you're going to shoot. You can't shoot on me if I keep my hands down. And if you do, you're just dumb because then I'm going to put you to your back or front headlock you, you know? Like, it's just looking at wrestling, taking a step back and looking at it in a different direction. Like, after my bronze medal match when I lost, I realized, like, my coach was telling me, you need to shoot, you need to shoot, they can't stop your shots. Which was a lie, because she did. She stopped all of my shots. But... I didn't realize as a wrestler, <laughs> I didn't realize as a wrestler that 
she's shorter than me. I shouldn't be shooting under her. I need to be snapping her down and going around, you know? So it's just knowing the positions and you building off of that, really. I totally get it. Look, my boy Ben here is like five foot four, and I got to snap him down all the time to get him to do what I want. <laughs> I'm five six. <laughs> I'm five six, man. Well, you're, five, you're five five. I'm average height for a woman. <laughs> Love it. Sorry, we're having, we're yeah. having a good time. Uh, I said we keep it loose. So anyway, no, it, that was great to hear actually because uh, honestly, when I watch you wrestle, you have a style that just seems hard to figure out. I mean, it's it's not like your your typical wrestling style where you've got like this. Um, y- the, the perfect, you know, your go-to setup, your go-to shot, you, you, know, you know what you're going to do. You seem very comfortable in upper body ties, especially underhooks. And I'll even say the lefty underhook, if I'm being honest. Uh, you're not afraid to get funky yeah. or go big. Um, how do you describe your wrestling style? I would say my wrestling style for sure is unorthodox. Because when I first started wrestling, I was a left leg league. And then that's when I had surgery, so I had to turn into a right leg league. And so I started doing everything in my right leg. And, um, so now I really don't have a lead leg. I switch back and forth. I shoot to both sides. I shoot doubles, both sides, singles, both sides and underhooks both sides, which is really weird. It's like frustrating when me and Chandra are trying to figure out a move, but they'll show a move in practice. And I'm like, so which side should I do that to? And she's like, left side, that's your double. And then she's like, wait, right side, your double. So it's like, it, it works out for me in competition because you can't really, you can train for me, but it's like you literally have to train both sides. And some people aren't comfortable with that, you know? Like, you're usually good defensively on one side, way better than the other, you know? So I, when I go out to wrestle, I also uh, don't have a game plan. Like, I know some people are like, I'm going to drag, I'm going to do this. Literally, when the whistle blows, I'm like, ah! and I just do whatever. But it doesn't look like that on my face. Like, I like to be blank and emotionless because I trust my training, so... As soon as they say go, I just literally do whatever. With that said, I mean, do you think that maybe the success that you had last year was because you have a style that's hard to figure out, but the more people, the more chances that people get a chance, you know, to see you or to feel you, the better they have to actually beat you? Or do you think that your style is just, you know, will give anybody fits regardless? I think my style would definitely give anybody fits regardless because uh, there's people in my wrestling room that I wrestle with every day that still can't figure out. You know, I never do, like, when I have so many different moves that I do, you know, like, I'm just, I'm going to shoot singles all the time. I'm going to shoot doubles all the time. I have, like, a good stance. I, It's really hard to move me out of position, you know? And so I think that... If you've wrestled with me, it's it's more frustrating than anything. You know, people start reevaluating, like, what do I need to do? Why? They, I think people will start working on defense more than offense when they wrestle me because they're like, all right, well, she's going to shoot, so I need to be defensively versus I need to work on my offense on her. So, I don't know. It's kind of weird if you put it like that. I try to tell myself the reason why I think I keep getting better is after every practice, I reevaluate myself and I say, if I wrestled me, what would I do to beat myself? And then I just work on stuff like that. And you know what? I think that makes perfect sense for people that have actually watched you wrestle. Um, I think that, you know, 
there's been times when I've watched you wrestle, people have been able to take you down here and there, but they keep going back to the same thing. And next thing you know, you've got them on their back and fighting for their life. And I think that is always going to stand in the back of their minds and, and does cause them to be apprehensive when they're, when they're attacking you. Mm-hmm. So who do you normally, or I guess, I, you know, now that the, the team camp's happening, who, who, who are you scrapping with in the room? Uh, usually I wrestle with Amy Fernside and Maya Nelson, but lately I've been wrestling with, well, I wrestle with both of them. And uh, usually when the national team camp comes, I get to wrestle with Allie. I wrestle with Allie a lot. And um, Lauren Louise, when she comes here, she's good. She's so strong, ridiculously strong. But most of the time I try to wrestle with Chun, like, because sometimes they want to do, like, a 15-minute warm-up and, like, do all these front flips and back flips. And like I said, I got bad knees. I'm old. I'm not doing that. So I'm going to go drill over in the corner with Chun, and that's usually my warm-up. And then my number one partner usually is when I want somebody bigger, Maya. And if I want somebody smaller, I go with Amy. So so who are you taking over to uh, Nurse Salton for, uh, as your training partner? Well, which is funny. Okay, so at first my training partner was going to be Maya, and then Tamara wanted Maya, so Tamara got Maya, and I got Amy Fernside. Damn Tamara! I know, man. She's taking all the good people, but so how does okay Amy feel about I you saying that? Both of my... She well, Amy knows that Amy. Like I wrestle with Amy every day. She <laughs> she it's good because. I get Amy and Maya because they're both going to be there. So I really, really wanted to make sure that Amy got the experience to come to world championships because she's making leaps and jumps. You know, she, I will say probably is one of the reasons also why I made the world team last year. She was my workout partner every single day and she is super strong. She's super technical. She puts up a good fight and she just, she's scrappy and she is absolutely amazing. So I'm glad that I'm taking her, and that's about it. Is there anyone that you would consider as, a, like, a biggest rival on the world stage? Uh, no, not really, because I honestly, truly believe that anybody is beatable any day. Like, you saw Helen, Jordan, like, every, Kyle, everybody gets beat sometimes. I don't like to put people on a pedestal to say oh, this is person that I need to beat because it's wrestling. I I feel like I'm the person that should be beat, you know? Like, I'm the person people should be scouting for. So if I put somebody above me, that's only mentally defeating myself. So I try not to do that. So you're not the new kid on the block this year in regards to the world team. Um, you are someone that's been there. You've won matches there. Um, so by many standards, you would be considered a grizzled veteran. When you look at team dynamics this year, what do you consider your role to be on the team? Um, I just feel like my attributes for the team would just be honesty and help in any way that I can. Like I feel like there's a lot of a downfall when people when you're drilling with somebody and they're like, Oh, how does this feel? And you're like, Oh, you feel good, you know, like that's false information. If you I try to uh when I drill, like drill realistically if you're shooting a double leg on me I'm not just gonna fall I'm gonna throw my hips and I'm gonna make you work for it because and realistically you're not gonna get it like that in a match you know so I think just honesty honesty telling people like hey this didn't feel right hey you need to do this better or hey you probably shouldn't be doing that you know just 
but at the same time, letting them train how they train. So I think just being honest and helping if somebody has questions, like not being afraid to tell them the truth about it. So that is probably the most serious answer that I've heard from you today, and I did not expect that. I expected you to say that I'm the funny one, I'm the jokester, I like to keep it loose, keep the team loose. So obviously you didn't, so who is that person then? <laughs> That's got to be Tamara, right? I think the person that will keep the team loose is Tamara, because she's like, yeah. ah, 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 I do this, and I'm like, no, I'm cutting weight. <laughs> and she is, she's always, it was funny actually, because last year she was my roommate, and I was cutting weight, and so I have trouble sleeping when I cut weight. And when I finally got to sleep, I was so happy. And then I hear, like, munching and eating, oh, munching my and goodness. eating. Oh, no. And I looked over, and Tamara had her little iPad up. She has a box full of Skittles just digging and dumping him Skittles? into her mouth. Skittles before yeah, world? Skittles. Oh, yeah, it must have worked. because she got diarrhea the next day and all that shit, man. Yes, I hope she listens to this. Oh man, as a yeah, as a former one twenty five pounder that weighs about a buck seventy five right now, I I know exactly what you're talking about with cutting weight, man. Uh, you can't sleep. Yeah, you can't sleep. You just sit there and you dream about Gatorade. So no, I guess yeah, yeah. Is, is the one twenty is the uh, I guess uh, fifty five kilos pretty tough cut. Oh, well, not usually. It was just that. Uh, so I'm never more than like two, two and a half kilos over. But we were doing our acclimation camp in Italy, and they have a sparkling water filter in their wrestling room, which is absolutely dangerous because I absolutely love sparkling water. So I was taking like my 40 ounce and filling it up four times a day and just chugging water and chugging water. Like I could easily lose on a treadmill with a sauna suit for. 45 minutes, two and a half kilos. But, you know, I'm just chugging it on, chugging it on, chugging it on. Like, oh, I got time. I got time. But at a certain point, I was just mentally drained from it because I was like, I just want more carbs. It was unrational for me to be doing that because I wasn't dried out at all at any point in time. But mentally, if I tell myself, you got to stop, it makes me want to do it more. So that was just the struggle with that. So, the women's team last year finished third, I think, behind Japan and China. Um, how does this year's team differ from the 2018 team? Um, you know, I don't think it differs very much. I think that people probably have, like our team has gotten better-wise because we've done camps with Japan. We've done, we went to China in December. I think that if there was any benefit, we probably just got a feel for the foreign uh, Chinese and Japanese feel of wrestling and style of wrestling. But uh, we only have one actual new person on the team, uh, Kayla Miracle, which she has shown that she has, I think she was like ranked number two or something before she got beat by Mal last year. So she can clearly hold her own, you know. Uh, we have Victoria Francis. She has already been on the world team, but I feel like she has gotten better as a wrestler for everything she has went through. She values wrestling more now. You know, she was having, like, to find her own training and stuff. But now she's made the world team again. She's, I I think she's improved as a wrestler from what I've seen before to what I've seen now. I haven't got to actually wrestle with her. But uh, she looks like she improved. So I think we have a pretty, pretty good chance at winning. We have Adeline. She's absolutely amazing. Uh, Tamara, also amazing. 
Well, for us, she is mean. So if she doesn't beat you technically, she's going to beat you up and make sure you never want to wrestle her again. Uh, who else? We got me. Yeah. Of course you. <laughs> yes, of course you. <laughs> and we have uh, Sarah and Whitney. You know, they just came off when the Pan Ams and they dominated on their competition. And we have Jenna, the Joker. She is funny. Jenna is at, she is a clown. More she fans. probably, between her and Tamara, Jenna has more of my type of humor. We do, like, stupid, dumb stuff. Tamara's just like, la, 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 So it's, like, <laughs> kind of different. But <laughs> Yeah, no, Jenna, Jenna and yeah. Tamara have both been on the podcast before, and, and they're great. They're, they're absolutely great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, listen, I promised you we'd have you on for 20, 25 minutes tops. We're running a little bit over. Last question. After going fifth, after taking fifth last year at the 2018 Worlds, what's it going to take to see you on the podium next month in September? Um, just trust in my training. Don't let any outside influences get to me. You know, like it made me really mad last year when I said that I was going to win. It was my first time going to World Championships, and I honestly believed that I could win Worlds. You know, I said somebody asked me in an interview. I think it was Richard Immel. And he said, do you think you'll win Worlds? And I was like, yeah, you don't go to a tournament saying that I'm, I just want a medal. I just want to play. It's like, no, I want to win it. Yeah, I want to win it. And he was like, all right, awesome. And then he writes in some article, that's a big statement from a rookie. When there's Kyle Dakes, there's David Taylor saying that they're going to win it, their first year on the world team. And everybody's like, yeah, awesome. I believe in you, you know? So, and that kind of made me angry going into Worlds. So, just not letting any outside stuff influence me, you know, just trusting my training and giving it the best I can. Not let, honestly, the number one thing is not letting dirty wrestling and the referee get to me. You know what? You should have been mad based on that article. And I'm going to tell Richard right now, I'm going to send him a text that says, Hey, don't ask a question that you're going to get mad about the answer. Okay, I'm going to send you that text right now. I would have been pissed. Right. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, hey, you've been like, he was so nice about it, too. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I saw that, and I was like, uh, wow. Well, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, we have a fantasy football draft with him next week. We're going to say something to him. You hear that, Richard? Awesome. Listen. All right. No. I, we digress. Well, I just like not even Richard if like somebody else. I swear I love Richard. I am 100%. But it's Regardless, just not we're going to blame Richard. him. Yeah, I am sorry. Yeah. yeah we're we're, yeah. Blaming, we're blaming, him blaming him. It's all good. All right. He's blameable. All right. He's a blameable guy. Some people are lovable. Richard's blameable. <laughs> God. All right, Jakar. Listen, man, we're we're well past our time. I just want to say thanks again for taking the time out of your busy schedule to to talk to us for a little bit for this episode. We know you guys are at team camp right now. Um, It means a lot to us. Um, Do you have any final words? Any any last thing you want to say before we uh, get you back to your normal activities? Um, I got a shirt coming out. Everybody go buy it. That's about it. Thank you for your support. (laughs) You got a shirt coming out? Yeah, Nike made me a shirt. So I'm a Nike athlete. I forgot to say that. I mean, that was never really in the thing. But, yeah, I signed with Nike, and they made me a shirt. So if you go to the A, F, the APS or ASP, yep. I don't really know the acronym for it. But that website, yep, I know what you're you can about. find my shirt on there. Okay, look for Jaden Cox's shirt. Right under it is my shirt. So <laughs> All right. Yeah, gonna go <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go get one. Glad awesome. Glad you said that. 
All right, listen, best of luck next month. Uh, we look forward to seeing you compete, hopefully getting to see you on the podium. And you know what? This has been a great time. Hopefully we, you, you, you'll come back on with us sometime to talk more in depth about things. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Best of luck. Thank you. That was 55-kilogram world team member Jakara Winchester. Up next, our 57-kilogram representative, Jenna Burkett. All right. Hey, Jenna, thanks a lot for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time to uh, sit down and talk with us today for our special episode 100. Uh, right before you ladies go out to uh, uh, the World Championships and do battle next month in September. How you doing? I'm doing well. It's good to talk to you guys again. I think it was, what, two years ago since it, I last talked to you guys? It was, absolutely. And uh, it's funny you say that because I think, and Ben, you correct me if I'm wrong, but this is our first repeat guest, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, th- I think so. <laughs> I think it is, man. I think it is. I think that's kind of cool. We have a repeat guest, man. We have a repeat guest. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and I'm glad that you uh, <laughs> Me too. And so for those of you guys listening that either, you know, have been living under a rock or in a cave or are just plain stupid, this is Jennifer Kett, 57 kilogram representative for our women's real team, getting set, ready to do battle next month. Man, what's been going on? You're back on the world team for the second year in a row, I believe. Third time overall. Last year, you lost a hard-fought battle to Allie Reagan to make the team. But if I'm not mistaken, she couldn't compete due to injury. You got called in uh, to represent the United States at 59 kilogram. You know, this year, you you win the spot outright. I think, if I'm not mistaken, you uh, defeated Becca Leathers at Final X, right? I did, yeah. So I got to ask you, is this year's spot, is, is it a little sweeter knowing that you just won this outright and not only did you win it outright, you be a, a past world bronze medalist to do so? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, last year was a great opportunity. It's always, you know, if you can compete at the world level, it's, it's always an amazing experience. Under unfortunate circumstance for Allie, uh, you know, I was very appreciative for my chance. You know, I got called on a week's notice, so very different preparation, right? You know, I was getting ready to actually go to a military school. So I wasn't even thinking about world. So this year, everything tastes a little bit sweeter. You know, like I earned my spot. I defeated a world medalist, but you know, now it's time to make my name for myself on the world stage. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. And and I think, you know, you can't take anything away from the fact that, you you know, you still represented the United States last year at at the world championships. And, And my guess is that you learned something from it too. Kind of what did you learn last year? Um, that you can take this year, both, I guess, mentally and physically that, uh, you know, will get you more prepared this year for, for the tournament. I mean, to go to world championships and lose on criteria, you know, um, it, it was disappointing. And so those matches are really, everyone's good when you get to the world championship. So I think, you know, I learned a lot that like on a week's notice, you know, it's a good thing that I sit close to my weight class and it's a good thing that, you know, I'm always working hard so that when I did get that call, I was ready to go. But this one, you know, is a lot more preparation. A lot the training camps were different because it was all geared towards, you know, the world team members, um, you know, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm really grateful for this opportunity. And, you know, I have a bitter taste in my mouth with the way I left the world championships last year. You know, no one likes losing on criteria. Uh, you know, I would have rather like there being more points on the board. And if I lost, I lost, but I really uh, think I played it a little too safe, you know, and this year, you know, I really plan, you know, of course you're going to be cautious, but you know, I plan to go, to go get it. That's what I've been doing all year is getting after it and putting points on the board. Uh, I think that's really showed in all my competitions. And so that's what I'm excited to do in a couple weeks. 
So, you know, while we're still talking about last year's tournament for you, I know you mentioned, you know, that you, you kind of played it safe last year, but um, I'm going to ask you this anyway. Um, if there was like one thing that you could do over differently, you know, that you, that you did or didn't do last year, what would it be? A good question. Um, you know, I don't want to just repeat myself, but I think I just, um, you know, what wasn't pushing down the gas pedal a little bit. You know, I wish I would have pushed the pace a lot earlier. You know, I did in the first period and it showed, right. I got put her, she was put on the clock. She attempted, I think one shot. And when I defended it pretty well, she didn't take one attempt the rest of the match. And so going into that, I knew the second period, okay, it's probably going to put, put me on the clock. And I just wish I would have, started the engine a little bit earlier because when I did in the last 30 seconds you know I had her going all over the place making a bunch of mistakes and I was like really disappointed if I would have just started that a minute prior right I would have put myself in a lot more scoring opportunities so from a technical standpoint that's where I I see it but you know from a mindset like I, I was ready to go I was I think at the most peaceful I had been I was just at that point you know I didn't even know I was gonna be at the world championships I was devastated in June when I had lost Allie um, and, you know, she was a representative and it was really hard for me, but I had to refocus. I competed that summer and got a medal overseas. And then I was getting ready for a military school and I was shifting my mindset towards that. So there's been a lot of growth since, since then. Yeah, obviously, you know, you, you brought up, you know, you were really close to weight last year. Obviously that benefited you when you got kind of, you know, called in to, to, to pinch hit at the last minute. Um, but let's talk about this year. You know, you made the drop down to 57 kilograms, which I believe, and again, you you tell us if we're wrong, but I believe it's pr- the lowest that you've competed at in over 10 years. Um, what really prompted yeah. this weight change? <laughs> uh, you know, it really wasn't a weight change. I think that's the funniest part. Um, you know, I was the past really two and a half years, I've been sitting a lot lower than in my previous years. Like that was my mistake I made in 17, right? Like I missed weight. Missed 60 kilos. It could have been another alley and me showdown. Missed weight. Had to go 63. Ended up getting fourth place. And that's when I actually talked to you guys. And that was, you know, it was not a good place in my life. A lot of, you know, just not the right things being done. And so from that point on, I made a huge shift in my life. And, you know, that's all thanks to, like, Alex, you know. Um, and we really started working together. And, um, you know, my weight just started to naturally come off. And I put a lot of work into it. And, you know, it's funny because last year at the open, I wrestled 62 kilos and I was only weighing about, I got to the open at 59 and a half and everyone's like, you know, why didn't you go 59? And at that time, you know, I had a fractured ankle, my ligament was torn. So I couldn't even actually run at all. Like if I wasn't wrestling, I was in a boot. And so that's a lot of, you know, only the people at WCAP and so a few of my friends really knew about that. So I didn't even want to risk having to, you know, run just even a pound off. So I was like, I'll just go 62. And I was intrigued by the challenge. You know, I liked that it was Mal and Kayla. And it was, I mean, we had 18 girls, I think, just at the U.S. Open. So, I, you know, I love that. The competitor in me really wanted that. And then I ended up getting third. You know, I lost to Kayla. Uh, and then getting ready for trials, you know, I just was like, man, I'm not even weighing 62. It's kind of ridiculous. So 159 and then made it to final X. And then from that point on, I was kind of almost preparing to go 59 this year. I wasn't really thinking too much about it. 
um, but then I just started weighing lower and lower and lower. And then, you know, sure enough, I get to the U.S. Open and I'm, I mean, at this point, I obviously knew I was going 57, but, you know, I get to the U.S. Open, I'm only 56 kilos. So I was like, well, good thing I decided to go 57. Yeah, I mean, it actually kind of looks like you've went through a little bit of a body transformation in terms of, um, uh, you know, dro- dropping the, the the weight class. Was it hard to get down there or did, did, did the weight naturally fall off? I mean, what did you do to, to go all the way from 62 to 57? Well, I think, I think like, it's important to note that I wasn't a true 62, right? So I was only really, like, a 59. Uh, so it was only, like, two and a half kilos. Um, and then after my surgery on my ankle, um, it actually took, like, I, I was sitting a little bit heavier. I think I want to say I was probably six, sitting at 60, 61 kilos, which is the heaviest I'd been in a long time, you know, but I was completely off the mat and wasn't even able to walk at that point. Uh, and then once I got back to training, obviously the weight just started coming down because I always eat pretty clean. That's just like how our household is. And um, and then I started coming off. And then I went to L.A. and wrestled 57. It was plus three. So I, it was always 60. And for that little competition, I think I ended up weighing in at 58 kilos. And just after like one workout. So I was like, OK, I was like, it's going to be pretty easy to make 57. Uh so, you know, it wasn't really a too dramatic of a change. You know, I just, I think from LA March, like the beat the streets, I just, you know, cut out the little extra sugar, little, you know, my little cheese at night. Cause I'm like a little candy fan. Like after my dinner, like I'll have like some, twi- uh, some Twizzlers or some Skittles. And so for just that month, I cut that little extra stuff out and then came to seven for the open was easy. And then obviously I competed a lot from the open to, you know, to now. So it's been pretty easy. You know, well, aside from actually, you know, making the weight down to 57 kilograms, from our perspective, I mean, you, you seem to look much better both physically and in in terms of actually, you know, wrestling style, movement, and whatnot at that weight. Do you feel better competing at that weight? Do you feel better competing at that weight against opponents at that weight as well? Oh, I mean, I feel ridiculously good at that weight class. It feels like I should have been here my whole career, just a little bit lighter. Uh, just it's super natural for me. You know, I look at some of the girls who wrestle 59 even, and, and I'm like, man, they just really outsize me. Like 57 is a true, true sweet spot for me. And I really have to work to make sure I don't get under because that was my big problem this year. I was getting myself way too much under just because, you know, when you start working out, the weight just kind of falls off. And I had to like, you know, sit down with everybody and we're like, okay, we need to stop almost getting too light. Uh, so it's, you know, it's a weight that I just feel really good at. It's fun for me. And I think, uh, I think that really just showcases, right? Like my wrestling, it's just a little bit like I'm enjoying myself out there. I hope, I hope that's what comes across to everybody who tunes in, you know, like I enjoy my sport and, you know, I enjoy the life I live outside of the sport. So I think that's starting to show all around. And honestly, I would agree. I think at least from our perspective, it definitely shows, uh, both, uh, you know, in your wrestling, uh, your competitive matches, and then also, you know, for people people that have gotten to know you kind of off the mat through your social media presence and all and that type of things as well. Um, you know, Jenna, when, when, speaking of watching you compete, you know, it's it's to, for Ben and I, when we watch you compete right now, um, to us, it seems like you've really improved a lot over the last couple of years. Um, where do you feel, aside from dropping to a different weight class, but, you know, where do you feel that you have improved the most? And, you know, also, what's been the primary catalyst for this improvement? These are, these are good questions. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I think, <laughs> no, no, I like, I like these questions. I'm like, okay, I got to think about this. This is not a, <laughs> you know, not a short, short answer here. But, I mean, I would have to say the biggest shift 
it's got to be my mindset because I genuinely, like, my style really hasn't changed a whole lot in my career. I definitely hit a couple different things and things are a lot more open. Um, but it's, it's that mindset. I really focus on that. I work with a sports psychologist. You know, my coaching staff is making – yeah, it's super important for me. Like, that that was always it. Like, the fear of pulling the trigger a little bit and, you know, pulling the trigger at the right time. I think that was a constant battle. And I think, you know, I'd worked my butt off on the junior level all those years. And then, I, you know, I really burst on the scene as a senior. And I think I put all this pressure on myself, like, to have to be perfect. And that perfection in my mind put all this pressure on myself and actually made me not open up and actually made me, like, my worst wrestling self instead of, you know, my best wrestling self. And so I think, you know, between that confidence and then, you know, I, I started working a lot more with my coach, Jermaine Hodge, who was, you know, in the program as an athlete. And then kind of he shifted into our medic and then he shifted into our coach. And that was a huge, huge change in my career. Um, and he was actually somebody I didn't think I was going to like at all, which is funny because when he took over, I was like, you know, he's like a hard nosed type of guy he works real hard and uh and I I was like man this dude is gonna be the worst thing for me and then you know I kind of laugh about it now because like he's truly like you know my coach but he's like one of my best friends you know he just really implements a great style in the room and so when he took over it really shifted everything for me and then I started working even harder on my like just the mind training and so yeah I think that's the biggest thing for me I think I do a lot more in my wrestling, but I think that's because I have this confidence. And, you know, when I look in my corner, I know these guys have my back. And I think that like definitely lifts me up. And then, you know, I just remind myself it's fun out there. And I think that helps relax me and helps me to open up. So I think that's definitely been the shift in the last, you know, since 2017 for sure. I, I like the, I, I like hearing the fact that you work with a sports psychologist. I think, you know, to me, I think that's something that a lot of people lack is just, you know, the mental aspect of wrestling, you know, physically, obviously, it's very important to be able to ex- execute those techniques. But mentally, I think it's it's probably even more important mentally. So on that note, um, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever seen uh, the YouTube uh, videos called Hot Ones about the people that eat chicken wings while they answer questions? Oh, I have. Actually, I just recently saw it because Aaron Goldsman had showed me that. That's, yes. Yeah. Well, this is hilarious because this is this this has some tangential. Um, uh, I guess it's, it's also related to Aaron Goldston here. So I'm looking at a picture from your Twitter that Aaron Goldston posted to you. Um, where you're look- <laughs> so you know that if you see hot ones, there's this thing called explain that gram or whatever. And in this one, I want to uh-huh. I want you to explain. What the heck is going on with you? You're standing there in your army t-shirt, your headgear is all strapped up, and you're looking through glasses that you're holding and you're not even wearing. <laughs> what is going on? Explain that, Graham. Man, this picture pisses Aaron Golson off more than I, I don't know what to <laughs> this girl off more. Like, she will randomly text me this and she can't sleep or at random times in the day. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing with this shaved in your camera roll? <laughs> and... So the picture stemmed from that's from Be the Streets LA. Uh, Justin Hawk took that picture, and he, Adeline I think was like Jenna, your mom's or someone was like Jenna, your mom's in the crowd, like your mom's over there. And I was like, oh, I can't see her. You know, so I had my headgear on. I was drilling, so I picked up my glasses and started looking at the crowd like that. And so that, that's how that picture came to be. <laughs> well, you look ridiculous in that picture, and I love it. I love it. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you look like an old lady just trying to like I don't even know like a monocle or something. 
Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the more I know it pisses Aaron off that I wear my glasses, like I will just wear them even more. Like I warm up in them, I do everything in them, and she's always like, "Why do you feel the need to wear them?" I'm like, "I'm just trying to see out here." And if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I'm pretty sure you wear like the nerdiest of nerdy glasses, right? I mean, these are the nicest of nicest glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Those are yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. The nicest. <laughs> I think I like them. Personally, I like as a man who wears I mean, glasses, I, think I, I like them. I think I'm at like 47 pairs of glasses at this point. Holy shit. That's a lot of glasses. A lot of I glasses. buy direct. They're really affordable. Where I'm not bougie, I swear. Where do you get your glasses at? Because I need more glasses. That's what I'm saying. I buy direct. That is the place to get oh, your glasses. Super, super affordable. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to buy some glasses after this. There you go, people. Buy direct. <laughs> buy direct. All right. So all right, let's get back on a serious note. Um, You know, you compete for the Army World Class Athlete Program, right? I mean, you're very proud of it. Um, I think you, you've expressed over and over again in interviews or other podcasts. Um, you're always repping the gear, obviously. Um, extremely proud of that. Talk to me what it means for you to actually, you know, to be representing the United States for the World Class Athlete Program for the Army. I mean, it's everything. I think there's so much. The World Class Athlete Program, it's, it's prestigious to me. You know, it's um, it's an honor because, you know, you're not just wearing a singlet. You wear a uniform. And I think that speaks volume about your character. You're committing yourself not only to your sport, but you're also committing yourself to the United States Army. So that all is incredible to me, and, and I love it. I love the family aspect of it, but it will all be even more worthwhile like when I can bring a medal home to these guys. You know, We've got uh, Iris Smith and Jameel Byers, and they've got these world medals and you know a bunch of other people, but it would be an honor to bring it like a, a more recent medal, and that's, you know, that's what we're all working towards. There's six of us, you know, that are on the WCAP team and that are also on the world team. And so, you know, we want to be able to showcase how much work, you know, our coaching staff puts in and the people who work in the office and sports med and Mr. Wilson, like all these really important people in our program, like that have been behind us through the years when we didn't even make a national team, but they still supported us. And now six of us on the world team. And so it will be, even sweeter to bring a medal home to these guys. And, you know, not that it's just about the medals, right? Because I'm still the same person if I win or if I lose, but it'll just be for me and to, to be able to give something back to my program, it would be to be a bring home a medal to these guys. So help me out here. This is, I guess this is for my own knowledge. Um, I know that we've got a nice uh, group of uh, WCAP athletes competing on the Greco circuit, the Greco team. Are there any other uh, members on the women's team? Is it Condor? Yes, it's actually, yep, it's just her and I. We're the two females. And I don't believe there's any on the men's freestyle team. Is that right? No, yeah. Our men's freestyle team is in a – it's a building here. Again, we've, we used to have a couple, but now I don't think we actually have any men's freestyle at the moment. So who are the last athletes to uh, – aside from Greco, who are the last you know, women's freestyle or men's freestyle athletes to win a medal at the Worlds or Olympics for the WCAP? Goodness. Um, and again, I'm just trying, I'm trying to educate to, myself. This is for my own curiosity. I'm trying to think of the most recent. I guess that would be. Um, gosh. I'm trying to think if Lester got it in 07. That would be he'd be the most recent. Yeah, I guess it would. I guess it would be him for sure. Harry Lester. Uh, Harry Lester. Justin Lester. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but was that in Greco? That was in Greco, right? Yeah. That was in Greco, yeah. Yeah, you guys have t- uh, typically done pretty well in Greco. This year was amazing. As many people made the team this year. Goodness, this year was ridiculous. If you watched the U.S. Open, I think we had 12 WCAF athletes in the semifinals, and that's with women's freestyle and Greco. It was, we were back-to-back between myself, Whitney, Ariana, Randy. You know, it was, it was an incredible uh, moment for our team definitely showed that you know the black and gold is is building and we're we're coming up strong we're getting ready for 2020 yeah absolutely you know so so jenna and looking at like in regards to team dynamics i think this year's women's team is, is pretty interesting you know you've got some uh you, you've got some 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 teammates who have been battling on the world stage at the senior level for for many a years um you know you have the up-and-comers you know sarah hildebrandt um, Jakara Winchester takes fifth place last year. Obviously, you know, you've got Allie Reagan, who's had a lot of success out there. Um, Kayla Miracle making her first team um, and, you know, who everybody feels is primed for a medal. But when you look at the dynamics of this year's te- team, what what do you think your role on this team is as far as, you know, a mentor, a, a, a friend, a coach, whatever it is to some of these other athletes? You know, I think we're all, I mean, gosh, a lot of these girls have been on teams with them for years. Like Adeline, Adeline and I go way back to 08 being on the same team with the USOSC program. Um, you know, Whitney Condor was out there. And, uh, you know, and obviously she's my teammate at WCAP. So we're we're close-knit. You know, Sarah was one of my best friends, Allie. Like, we're, we're all close. So, I, you know, I can't just say, like, I'm, I'm here to be a mentor. But, you know, I, I do. I love to lead by example. You know, I love to – come in the room and work my ass off and you know that should lead but you know by the example but I think it's a a mutual support you know Sarah and I at Pan Am's and you know and Kayla and all these people we're constantly you know really pushing each other and I think that's the most important thing no one's over here trying to give someone an easy go because it's not going to bring a world medal and that's not going to qualify the weight and that's you know extremely important so I think it's a good dynamic. You know, I'm excited. You know, when I was watching the Women's World Cup in soccer, I'm like, there's no reason that our team can't do that. You you look at all 10 of us, and yeah. it's a pretty damn good team to beat Japan, in my opinion. And and that motivates me, and that excites me, you know. <laughs> like, that's crazy. All 10 of us, you know, plenty of accolades. We've been here before. A lot of us, it's like the prime of our career. We're at that age, you know, 26. It's a, it's a sweet age, so... I think it'll really showcase in the next couple of weeks. And I think that's good to hear. You know, we when we talk to other women wrestlers, you know, it's it, it, there is kind of a singular focus on Japan, China. You know, focusing on, uh, you know, they've been kind of at the top of the heat for a long time, and and it's nice to hear that United States, you know, feels confident that they can go out and compete with people that they're not just wrestling the, you know, the singlet that they're actually wrestling the person. So it, it's good to hear that. Um, so I think, I think, I think you guys just wrapped up camp. How was camp? Camp was great. You know, it was 10 days. It was, it was a little long, but it was good. And, and that's kind of how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a grueling hard camp because now we're getting in that sweet spot of where we're tapering and where we'll be at the acclimation camp. So it'll be shorter practices, uh, and just making sure our body feels good and our minds are right. So it was a, it was a hard camp, but it was really good. Who'd you, who'd you scrap with most? Um, I mean, I tried to get everybody, anybody that was willing to go live, you know, cause it was a little bit smaller of a camp than we usually have. Um, yeah, I wrestled Dom, Parrish, 
uh, I wrestled Haley Augello, uh, you know, Allie, all, pretty much everyone that was there. I think I got my hands on them. Kelsey, you know, it's a, definitely a good national team. We've all been around for a long time. Yeah, when I look at the uh, you know the lineup for the women's team, I mean you're sandwiched right in between some amazing wrestlers. You know you got Sarah, who uh, a world medalist, Jakara again. I think we said this earlier. Took fifth last year. Then of course right above you, you've got Ali and Kayla. What's it like being right in the middle of that that tough group right there? And how uh, how how much of a of a role are they playing in your success, and also vice versa that you're playing in their success as well right now? Yeah, it's a it's a gritty weight, you know. It's a gritty gritty room. A lot of good girls, and it was a uh, it's good to wrestle all these different people. Like when we were in in Peru, and I got to wrestle. You know, Kayla was my partner because it was only the six of us, uh, and it was just really fun to wrestle somebody kind of different. And uh, you know, I enjoy the challenge. I think that's the part that I kind of just I love about my sport. Like when someone's super competitive with me and really challenges me, I'm like, wow, I really got to figure this out so I can try to beat them. You know, that excites me. Um, so it's a, it's a good weight class because I'm like light enough where I can really wrestle like a lot of these 53s, but strong enough to wrestle pretty much up to 62, you know, so it's definitely a good weight. And like I said, that camp was good. And it was funny that you, you talked about the not wrestling the singlet, not to backtrack, but that was something that was really talked about at this camp with our team sports bike session. And, um, you know, it's funny, like when I was listening to that in my mind, I was like, you know, I actually don't think about the singlet at all. Like, obviously, I know who's my weight, right? Like, I know Kawhi is, like, the reigning, mm-hmm. you know, Olympic champ, world champ. Like, I'm <laughs> well-versed in that. Sure. But, uh, you know, I try not to really even think about the singlet. I try to think about what I'm trying to do. And, um, you know, because everyone at the world level is, is freaking good, obviously. But, like, we lost a lot of head-to-head matches with Latin America. You know, like, Jakar got fifth, she lost to Cuba, um, Mal had a real close one with Brazil, you know, so there's, and there was a couple other head to head. We actually did lose. And so you can't look too far ahead and focus on, Oh, we got to beat Japan and China when we're struggling with Latin America or Canada. Um, so that was something I kind of just talked about at that sports side session. And just something I kind of, you know, think about, like you can't really overlook anybody because everybody here is good. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm grateful for my experience at the Pan Am Games. Like, I wrestled that Ecuador girl who's, you know, she's good. She's beaten a lot of good Americans. And, uh, you know, to lose to her 2-1, you know, it motivates me. I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of not glad that I lost, but, you know, it definitely woke me up and showed me things that I'm still, I still needed to tweak. So it was a great tune-up tournament for Worlds. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's kind of kind of the purpose of it and and. and... You know, I think that you, you really made a good point there that, you know, it's not just Japan or not just China or not just certain countries that are having success in the women's sphere. All right. So the Joker JB. So I see I seen these T-shirts on Twitter. You still got any of those left? I, uh, I don't actually the store closed. So oh, okay. I'm all fresh out of the Joker JB uh, shirt. <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to, um, you know, market it for you. But unfortunately, we're a little too late. I'm sorry. I ordered one. Did That's you? Okay. I ordered myself one. I can't wait to get that purple shirt. Oh, I got one. You did? I was trying to market I it for other people. It. All right. Yeah, I was trying to get. I her... appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Listen, uh, we've had you on. Uh, you, you know, as as long as we said we'd have you on. So don't want to take up any more of your valuable time, Jenna. One last question: What's it going to take this year for you to get on top or to get on that podium? Um. Another great question. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that. Um, 
I would say relentless. That's that's my word choice that I'm using going into the world championships. It's something that I just actually ta- talked to my sports psych with yesterday. You know, I will be very happy with myself uh, if I have this relentless attitude of no matter what the score is, I'm trying to score and I'm trying to attack. I think my best self is my self that's moving forward, that's constantly trying to break a person down. I think if I have a lead or or whatnot, and I kind of sit back and I match the other person's tempo. I, I don't think that's a dangerous. Uh, I don't think that's a dangerous joker. So I think it's really going to take that relentless attitude. And you know, I, I want it. There's no doubt about it. But there's 34 other girls in my bracket that also want it really bad, right? Um, and that's the kind of like crazy. Like my eyes just lit up saying it. Like there's 34 other girls that want the it's same crazy. thing that I want, and that that like fills me up, you know, like electrifies me a little bit. Like it's going to take a fight out there. And so that's, what's going to take to get to the top of the podium, you know, a relentless fighting attitude. Love it. Absolutely love it. And I'll tell you, I'll speak for both Ben and I, but we're really excited to actually watch you guys go out there and compete and to see as many of our women get on that podium and bring home medals, man. It's I, I'm, I'm getting giddy just thinking about it. It's going to be a great tournament. I think, I think we got a great chance, like you said, to do a, a lot of big things this year. And uh, we're, we're really excited to watch. Um, all right, Jenna. So, Hey, listen uh, again, I just want to say thank you so much for, you know, being kind enough to take some time out of your busy schedule as you guys get ready to head off to acclimation camp here soon. Um, we really appreciate you. Uh, you've always been kind to us second time you've come on the pod for us. So we really do appreciate that. And we wish you the best of luck at the world championships. And, uh, we hope to see you do really well. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. That was our 57-kilogram representative, Jenna Burkett. Up next, last and certainly not least, is our 68-kilogram world team representative, Tamira Menza-Stock. All right. Next up for our special episode 100. Special to us, Ben, right? Special to us. It's episode 100 um, in our quest to interview a handful of our women's world team members um, is Tamira Menza. How are you doing, Tamira? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. You know, we were getting a little worried, a little concerned. We might not be able to find times that uh, coordinate with each other, and we wouldn't get to talk to you. But alas, everything worked out, and we are super stoked to be here on the phone with you today. Oh, yeah. No, I would have made it work. Like, even if it would have had to been, like, a car ride home, or I would have had to been in bed with my husband watching a movie, like, we would have made it work. Hey, 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 hey. All right. That sounds good. I'm glad we found a way to make it work like this. All right. right. Yeah. So you are, if I'm not mistaken, and again, you correct us when we uh, screw up statistics and uh, facts. um, But if I'm not mistaken, you are back on the rural team again for the third year in a row. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Like, you are not mistaken. However, would you count 2016 as me being on the world team? Was that the non-Olympic weight worlds? That was the Olympics. No, that was the, um, that was the Olympics. That was him. Yeah. Does that still count? That counts. That does count. Damn it, Ben. You wrote this Is down the... wrong. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> I don't know because, like, I didn't get to represent the country, and I was like, ah. Oh. You know what? We'll count oh. it. We'll count it. We're counting. It does. So four. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> four, <there we> go. <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Three, three, three. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my third time. So all kidding aside, you know, what's that mean? What's that mean to you to know that you've been a staple in this lineup for so many years now? And not only that, you have, you know, you're you're coming off a, 
what many would consider a, a breakthrough performance at the uh, World Championships last year, where you came home, you finally came home with that medal that you've, you know, that that elusive medal that you've been going after. Ah, uh, yeah, it. I guess I haven't even really noticed that I've become a staple. Like, yeah, I'm I'm getting, I'm getting these sponsors, but when it comes to like, oh, like that well-known girl over there girl over there named Tamara meant to stop. God, I, I, I haven't noticed. I just keep wrestling and uh, it's, it's fun. And me accomplishing that medal, it wasn't where I wanted to be. I feel like I can definitely accomplish more. So I haven't, I haven't really gotten to where I need to be. So I'm just kind of like focused on that. Yeah. You know, but, at the, but at the same time, I think you need to be excited about the fact that you know w- w- what you accomplished last time we sat down and spoke with you i distinctly remember that day because i remember your discussion about how you were you know let down but by, by the fact that you, you you didn't meddle and you knew you could um it was probably what like almost yeah. two years ago a year and a half ago so when you yeah. meddled, when you meddled this past year i mean we were extremely so. excited about it because we, <laughs> we we knew how much it meant to you so you know so don't sell yourself yeah. short there <laughs> Thanks. You're right. You're right. You're right. It was awesome. Ah, there we go. That's who we know. That's who we're looking for. Oh, and speaking of, you know, you know, Ben mentioned, you know, the last time that we had you on. I just wanted to, to let you know that um, you are actually now our second repeat guest. You missed being the first repeat guest by about thirty minutes. Jenna Burkett said that she demanded to be the first repeat guest, and she had to be beyond before you. So I'm just saying. <laughs> Is that what Jenna said? That's I mean, funny. not really, but you could tell her we said that. <laughs> uh, well, I would definitely tell her you said that. <laughs> oh my gosh, and I'm going to post it too. Tag y'all. Do it. I'd be like, yo, so at the inside trip, I hear that you were, and then so on, so on, so on. She'd be like, what? Minsa, what you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> That's what she exactly would say. Uh, all right. So before, we're, we're going to dive into some more questions with you, but I do want to tell you, hey, thank you so much for the suggestion for reaching out to Jakara Winchester as a guest on this episode as well. She was phenomenal. She was hilarious. Um, and she, she, she actually so funny because she yeah, actually told us a yeah. little story about you. Yeah, she told me. Yeah. I was, I was like, you. I should not have even freaking told them to, tell, to get you on. <laughs> So, so you still eating a lot of Skittles before training? Ah, uh, <laughs> no, that was a lesson well learned and uh, a result well deserved for sure. That was horrible. Oh, man, oh my so gosh, funny. I was so happy that night too. And she's like, "Tamara, you just keep making so much noise over there. What are you doing?" And I'm just like. Eating Skittles, or I had my noisy water bottle that they kept complaining about. And then the next morning, you were making noise the next morning, too. Just different noise. Yeah, privately, I'd be like, um, one moment. (laughs) Well, hey, listen, if you want to return the favor, if you want to return the favor to her, we are more than happy to listen to a story you might have on her. Just putting it out there. Ah, I don't got one at the top of my head. Like, right. and we all know the fact that she can't smell. So that's that's something that I kind of jab jab into her life every now and then. <laughs> but uh, I, I can't really either. Though. That's funny. you what? I can't really either. So. 
No, like it's wait, no, no. I mean, like she literally cannot smell. Oh, smell. Yeah, smell. Oh, I thought you said spell. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. I'm I mean, terrible speller. Smell. Oh <laughs> no, no. Like when I mean like. She cannot, like, she doesn't have a sense of smell. She does not have a sense of smell. So, like, just today, like, I've been sick for two weeks, and I'm like, man, it's it's nice that I can be able to smell again. I've been having my husband smell all this stuff for me. And she's like, well, it must be nice to come back off of it. Like, now you, <laughs> I bet you're like, oh, this is, this is how Jakara feels. I'm like, yeah, and it sucks. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> that's funny. So, like, that's, that's all I got on her. I, I don't want to. I, I really don't got nothing. Like, we we joke around, like, all the time. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I bet you guys have a good time. You know, speaking of, so... We do. You know, you, again, you've been, you've been on this team for a little while. You've been battling out there. You've, you know, you've been having such a great run the last few years. And when you look at the team dynamics this year with this year's, you know, women's senior rule team, what do you think your place on this, your, like, your role on this team is this year, aside from representing at 68 kilograms obviously going out there for the gold medal but when you guys are training together and competing with each other what what do you think your role is on this team hmm that's a good question Jakara also told me that she said well I'm definitely not the joker because that's Vera (laughs) (laughs) so I guess I I guess I would be like the person that helps relieve tension you know brings in the laughs and like you know makes people feel good because we do this every day and it can get kind of hard getting close to champion uh, world championships where like, or we start getting really tight and nerve wracking. And I just want to keep having fun. Like, yeah, like this is, this is the day that we've been waiting for, but we do this every single day. And if we overthink it, we might lose ourselves and end up getting into a situation that we should not have ever been in. So I'm coming in trying to make people laugh, make people feel good. Like let's make people have fun and say, Hey, Enjoy the journey, you guys. Come on, look at the camera and dance for me. Smile. This is going into my Instagram. What you got to say? (laughs) Well, yeah, that's my role. (laughs) No, I mean, your personality is obviously infectious. And and, and I think that's great because awesome personality off the mat, hard-nosed competitor on the mat. Uh, you know, we talked about how you broke through in 2018 and got on the podium. What, What was the difference, I guess, both mentally and physically, um, from from 17 to 18, where you were finally able to get through? I have to say confidence, confidence in myself. And um, uh, like I said, even though I wasn't able to get um, a higher medal, those matches before, I swear, like, like, God just took over you guys. Like, those first two matches when I even made it to the semifinals, I... I, they didn't tell me who I was wrestling. I just went out there and wrestled. I saw pictures after and was like, I picked that girl up that high? What the <laughs> crud? Oh, my God. I'm like, ooh, profile pic. Click. <laughs> it, it, was, it was phenomenal. But, um, like, I feel like that was the breakthrough. And had I done that in my semifinals match, I would, I would definitely be talking to you guys as a silver or gold medalist. But I'm not. But... Like I said, that breakthrough was that confidence and just letting go and letting God. And I plan on doing that way more extensively this coming championship. Uh, you know what? We got plenty of podcasts to record after this coming championship, so we'd love to talk to you as a gold medalist. So just putting it out there. Hey! Just saying. Um, That's, I don't know what you just did. I don't, I don't know what she did, but it sounded exciting. <laughs> I said, hey! <laughs> 
Hey. Oh, okay. Hey. Hey. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, so, it's a term of excitement. I love it. I love it. All right. So 2018, it was the confidence. You broke through. You got on the podium. So talk to us about this year. How is the 2000, I'm sorry, the 2019 version of you different than last year? What, what did you learn from last year, and what are you looking to do differently this year? I learned that I have way more to give myself. Well, how can I put it? I have way more to give on the mat than I've been letting on. I have like way more positions that I can fight through that I ever knew. I know a lot more now. I've been going to a lot of tournaments and just gaining a whole bunch of experience on the senior level that I mean I may or may not have needed in the past years. Who knows? But I've got it now. And um, that I feel like that's the difference, just like the experience and the confidence that I've been gaining um, throughout the year. Like, of course, I haven't wrestled, you know, like Sarah Dosho yet. And I haven't seen, um, uh, I forgot her name, Zhao in a long time from China. But like when I wrestled Zhao in 2016, yo, I made Big Move Monday. She picked me up and slammed me down. <laughs> <laughs> was, That's not the way you want to make Big was, Move Monday. <laughs> no, it was not. I was the person getting big moves. <laughs> so like, I'm just excited to wrestle, wrestle them all and some of them again, just to show that I'm not the same person that <laughs> I was when they last wrestled me. Lord knows I need to, I just have proof to myself that I'm different. And I, I have been proving to myself, but yeah, that's, I feel like that's like the biggest change and that's probably what I've been learning. All right. So I'm all over your Twitter right now and I got two things to say. One, <laughs> one dude, I used to play in Magic the Gathering tournaments. Like I love that game. You're saying your husband's looking for somebody to play with? <laughs> yes, no. I'll play. I got my decks downstairs. I got my decks downstairs. He we would can, love to. We could play via Skype or whatever, how you play it, or online. I'll play um, all day. Yeah, you go online, you input your deck, and then you play. He plays with his brother every now and then, and he's like, Tamara, are you going to play with me? I'm like, no, I'll just watch the tournament or watch you or play video games or watch Naruto. Yeah. All right, I'll play. Usually <laughs> <laughs> the scenarios. No, I've been, I've, been play, I've been playing Magic literally since I've been, like, fifth grade. Crazy. And anyways, this, wow. this, I know, I know. I'm not going to say I'm a nerd, but I am. The second one, I think this is after, <laughs> I think this was after Pan Am's, but. How'd you get this picture of you floating in the air like this? Like, literally. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, Tell me about who that. Was, oh, God. It happened because I was so happy after I won. Because this is a girl that I had wrestled in the championships to get third. But uh, she had scored on me. And she's always been, like, a pretty tough opponent. Like, yeah, I've beaten her. But, you know, you never know what's going to happen, like, once you get on the mat. Like, you just never know. And, um... When I wrestled her at Pan Am's uh, right before, like Terry was telling me, he's like, "Hey, Tamara, Tamara, uh, Tamara Mensa, stop. TMS, too much stuff, too many singles, too many shots, too much stamina, too much speed. You're just too much. You're Tamara Mensa. You're Tamara Mensa, stop." And I was like, "Yeah, Terry. Yeah, you're right. You're so right." And he was like giving me pumped up. I'm like, "Cool, cool, 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 cool. All right, we got this. We got this." I get on the mat. He's like, "Come on, Tamara. TMS." Too much, too much stuff. I'm like, you're right. I get on there, I get hit around a little. I'm like, uh, you suck. That's not nice. And then I just go in and like do a shot. 
I was actually supposed to get like three blast doubles as told by Rich Bender, yeah. but uh, I could not get the blast doubles. Rich Bender was asking for too much. However, I did get that very unorthodox pin. And when I did that, I I was just so happy. I heard the crowd and I was like, oh, look, I'm happy too, you guys. I'm, and I usually jump. Like, I don't know. I just, I, the way I express myself is by jumping, screaming, like weird, like weird noises. And really? I, I, I picked up, yes. Guessed. Oh, oh, really? Really? No, you guessed. never guessed? No, <laughs> I, I am a very animated character. And um, <laughs> I got that flag and I was running around, accidentally kind of dropped it. I was like, whoopsie, dismissed that. I'm happy, yay! And I just jumped as high as I could. And yeah, that's pretty much what happened and then it was captured i totally forgot his name. he's a great photographer i freaking love all his photos that he did he caught it? And is he it, does, but... is it tony yeah yeah rotunda yeah blessing to the wrestling community yeah. right and i was talking to him like the day before asking him how he gets all these great shots he's like you know i've just learned to get over here or next to the athlete coaches and make sure i'm here 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 and he got me facing him because you know i can't see i wear glasses so i have no idea where everybody is and i i jump and he's right in front of me and then when i was done jumping i was like terry how do i get off the mat i can't see the stairs help me he's like this way (laughs) yes yes it did those are the feelings going through are you always this energetic not always not always like a down yeah, you know, I, I like my downtime. Like, after this, I'm going to chill a little more, go play some video games while my husband does homework. What's your video game of choice so right I, now? What are you playing? My video game of choice right now is Overwatch. All right, all right. I don't know anything about it. What's, what's, <laughs> what's the premise of that game? <laughs> That's the funny thing. It's almost like an animated Call of Duty, like a super cute animated Call of Duty. And the storyline <laughs> comes out. I guess like kind of like by not even bi monthly, like tri yearly. It's so weird. They like got us on the edge of our seats going, All right, when's the next storyline coming out? We wanna know how this the storyline got to where it is. Like all these all these characters are here and apparently they like were trying to like save the universe and then like the world turned on them and like I, I get to fight these characters and we get to play people all over the world and there's a mic and my husband likes to trash talk and I say don't do it on my account because they're going to send me bad messages so get off of my account <laughs> but um yeah yeah that's that's pretty much overall it's, it's basically like you're in teams usually you're supposed to have two healers two tanks to protect the healers and then two kind of like um what do you call like leaders of the group so like people who are like attack characters like people who are you know able to like do a whole bunch of damage they're called damage characters but a lot of people like to play ignorant and bring in all tanks or three healers or no tanks and they they play silly so it's a frustrating game and when I don't want to play that, I watch. I'm I'm watching Naruto right now, and that's when I want to be real chill. <laughs> hey, well there you have it. Whoever's listening to this podcast, there you have it—a sneak peek into the actual don't life be of Tamir Mensa. Yeah, you better. <laughs> <Love it. laughs>
two tanks, two healers, and two who else? I don't know, some snipers. And two damage characters. Oh, damage characters. Right. Yes. Sorry, That's how you're supposed to play. Yeah. Jesus. All right, back to wrestling. We got to get back to wrestling for a second. Yes, yes, yes. Three-time Eurekan champ, first time in United States history. What's it mean to you, Tamir? I mean, it's such an amazing accomplishment. Um, I, I, I'm blown away. Actually, I'm actually blown away by that accomplishment. So what does that mean to you? What? You are? Is uh, it that yeah. that? <laughs> well, thank you. I'm so glad that it means that much to you. Um, it's it's exciting to know that it gets people so excited. But when it comes down to it, I've got one goal in mind, and that's getting the Olympic gold and world and world championship gold. So whoever I crush along the way, I apologize. I'm <laughs> I'm like creating all these accolades for myself. And I'm just, I'm just trying to like pave that way to that one goal set in mind. And once I do that, I will be so, so happy. But as of right now, like the Ivan Yurigan is like, cool, 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 cool. Thank you for that. And, and but not, not a lot of. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. You're good. There, I just don't have that much excitement as you do. But I, I appreciate that you appreciate it. Well, and I think, I think someday when you look back on your career, I think you will. Um, just, just a guess, just complete speculation. Obviously, you know you're gonna want to, you're gonna want to win a couple of those world gold medals and maybe an Olympic gold medal as well. But, yeah. uh, but I think that you know, I don't know if I could travel to Siberia and then be able to get out of bed for like two days because of that time change. And you go out there and you win, you know, you, you win titles against a bunch of Russians. So I'm serious. It's actually beautiful. It's a fun tournament. I have fun there every single. Year. Maybe that's the thing. People's, like it means a lot that I have fun there. People's eyelids freeze open. I think I saw Kyle Snyder's eyes freeze open. What do you mean you have fun there? No, you don't. But you can't drive I, to Cincinnati I, without not being able to get out of bed for a couple of right? days. I, I, yeah. So, uh, what's it like over there? Seriously, it's. It's beautiful from what I've gathered. Okay, so I will admit, this is the one time that I've been on a trip that I actually have not been able to tour the city because it's so cold. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but regardless, like the opening ceremonies and the closing ceremonies, they're so cool. And like the wrestling fans, they're so welcoming and inviting. And y'all, they love black people. Like it is so weird. Like when they see, like they saw me and Vicky last year and they were like, oh, can we take a picture? And these were like random people. Like me and Vicky got picked up by a police officer off duty because we looked like we were lost on the side of the road. Oh, really? And he drove us to our hotel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, they're nice there, so I'm like, oh, this is a fun tournament. Oh, so maybe to, that's how I'm able to Siberia? like this. One hundred percent, no. <laughs> <laughs> little cold, little cold, little cold. Nah, no, no, no. I can only stand it for less than seven days. <laughs> like, definitely no. But it's like it's it's great to be there. Like I I have fun. And, like, the hotel, it's, like, quaint and it's cute. They have, like, ice sculptures and, like, an ice kind of playground, um, probably, like, 100 feet from the hotel. This last year or this year they had an ice rink, and we didn't get to go because we were just so busy. But it's, like, it's it's a great tournament. I I love it. And everything's just so close together. Like, even though I don't get to tour the city, it's pretty cool yeah i'm sure no pun intended i'm sure it's an amazing experience um all right so listen i know i promised you we'd only have you on for a certain amount of time so we only got a couple of questions left here Uh, one of the things that i did want to ask you about though is um you know you're one of the first 
female sponsored Rudis athletes. Rudis has actually branched out into sponsoring some of yes. our great female wrestlers. Um, what does that mean to you? I mean, that's got. I mean, to oh, me, again, can I say I think it's a great achievement? Are you gonna Are you gonna put me down? Are you gonna make fun of me for thinking that's a great achievement too? <laughs> it's not a world gold medal. You know, I get it's not an Olympic gold. You know. <laughs> have you guys ever? Okay, I think it's cool. Ever seen Incredibles too? Yes, I have. <laughs> Oh, my husband, the the first scene the underminer comes in and like he calls me the underminer. <laughs> the, yes. He's like, All right, underminer. Exactly. Like, hey. Exactly. I get excited and she she poops on my parade. <laughs> Wasn't that cool? Oh my god. I have to tell him. <laughs> You're a staple on the team. Ah, I'm not a staple. <laughs> okay, no, no, it's it's absolutely fantastic. I'm not gonna undermine you. It's fantastic. Um, when they were when they brought me and my husband out to um. I guess kind of like showcase what they had for us, like with their presentation and all that. I had to like stop the meeting, like in the middle, give myself a moment, like go to the bathroom. And I just started bawling and thanking God for the opportunity that had been presented to me. Cause this is something that I had been um, wanting when I, since I first started wrestling. So that right there, like that's when I, that's when I knew that I was, a staple in wrestling and like making a name for myself when these people were presenting all this stuff for me and saying what they wanted to do with me. I was, I was like blown away and yeah, I, I, enough to make me just cry. And I came back and I was like, pardon me. I had to blow my nose <laughs> trying to be all cool and whatnot, so, <laughs> but it, it's awesome. I, I can only imagine how, what type of feeling that was for you. Um, and again, on a, on another serious note, what do you think this means, or what? How indicative uh, is is something like this towards the how far or the growth of actual women's wrestling? Uh, not only the growth of women's wrestling, but how you know other people outside of just the intimate women's wrestling you know fan community are taking our women's wrestling. You know how seriously they're taking our women's wrestlers now. Oh man, I mean I'm hoping I'm hoping they're taking it serious and not saying, Oh yeah, are you a diva? Do you wrestle in lingerie? Do you hit people upside the head with chairs and fall on tables? Uh, I I like I I haven't got <laughs> Yeah, will. sometimes in my video games. <laughs> but um I honestly it's 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 pretty awesome because I feel like I can um like I can be one of those people that goes like, "Hey, women's wrestling is not just about this. Like it, it can also like bring out a personality in your little girl that you may that she may not have known she ever had. Like it could help this little girl in the long run being confident in herself or help her uh, realize her potential, whether it be a leader, whether it be a technician, a coach, shoot, like whatever. Like it like grows." it grows things inside of me personally. And I know it can grow, grow it in all these other females because I've seen it happen. Like I've seen so many of these women like grow into like mature role models. And um, I think it's because of wrestling. And I, I like really, I really hope like they appreciate that women are a part of the sport because like we're, we're only making it better. I feel like we're growing the sport for men and for women. And um. I kind of lost track to the the question that you had asked. No, I, I, I think, think that answered it. 
No, I, I, th- I think you, I think you did. And, you know, uh, we've got nice. one final question for you, but before that, I just want to tell you that, you know, Brandon and I, we talk a lot about, we, you know, we, we've been, we've had the great pleasure of having a lot of guests on this podcast and you were definitely one of the ones that we wanted to have on again. And, and it's so funny because even though you don't know us, we follow your guys' journey. We follow your story, especially because it's, <laughs> it's more, um, you, you know, there's, there's, there's more showcasing now of women's wrestling and, I just want we want, I want to tell you how proud we are of you and and what you've accomplished. Um, so, um, you know, I know Thanks, that probably doesn't Brandon mean a ton. I don't know it doesn't mean a ton to no, you, but we no, really no, no. do. We really are proud of you. No, um, it really it really does mean it means more than the three having your Regan Golds. Honestly, no. like if if that can show you where my where my loyalties lie, it, it lies more so in people than my accomplishments, and I really do appreciate that. Like, thank you. Well, well, thank you. One final question. What's it going to take to get to the top of the podium and get that gold this year? Confidence in myself. TMS. Too many singles. Too many shots. Too many. Sorry. I, no I, I like fumbled over that. Too much speed. <laughs> yeah, too, too much speed. I like all of it. Like too much stamina. Just too much. You got too many. You got too many shots. Come on, let's go, Tamara. Like TMS. Let's go. That's basically it. what it's going to take. And That's awesome. That's I'm awesome. excited. Well, <laughs> I can definitely tell you're excited, and again, I think we're we're excited to watch you compete out there. We're looking forward to watching you bring home uh, gold some, some gold medal this year. Um, and, uh, you know, we wish you the best of luck, Tamir. Listen, hey, uh, it's a little past the, what I promised we'd have you on. Unfortunately, you're fine. You know, I, I'm sorry, we you're get to having fine. fun, um, but that is. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah you're fine. <laughs> um, but again, I want to just say thank you from the bottom of our hearts for you taking the time out of your schedule to come on and talk to us, not only uh, the first time, but the second time on this podcast. And we do wish you the best of luck and look forward to watching you wrestle next month. Thank you, you guys. Thank you for having me on again. Inside trip. Ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh. I am so happy that you guys got. Like I, I love it. Thank you guys for having me on, because like it means it means more to me, honestly, that somebody would even come in and like put me on their podcast. Because podcast, you guys are for life. <laughs> I'm forever on your show. You got so it. Thank you. You got it. All right. Well, hey, listen. We hope we get to talk to you again here in a couple of months, and next time as a world champion. That's right. Ah, uh, thank you so much, you guys. All thank right. you. You're welcome. Take care. So there it is. Episode 100 is in the books. Victoria Francis, Jakar Winchester, Jenna Burkett, Tamira Menza-Stock, four of our favorite, favorite wrestlers at the senior level, four of our favorite wrestling personalities. Um, I don't think we could have had uh, uh, done an episode 100 in any better fashion than get, getting to have you know four amazing people like this on the podcast talk about the upcoming world championships. Um, I truly believe that when it's all said and done, we're going to be able to look back on this episode and say, hey, listen, we had not one, not two, but multiple, multiple 2019 world medalists on this podcast for this episode. Um, I'm super stoked about it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And you know what? As we always say, don't wind up on your back, bros.